confidence you never fail. I see you move, you move the mountains, and I believe, I believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way come when there was no way, and I believe. I believe. I see you do it again. Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn around and it's gonna work in your favor. Yes, it will. Come on, sing it with us. Yes, say, say, late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn around. turn around. It's gonna work in your favor. Late Come on, say it again. Late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn around. It's gonna work in your favor. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn around. It's gonna work in your favor. You believe that tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, you, you move. You move the mountains. And I believe. I believe. You do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Yes, I will. I'll see you do it again. He's gonna do it again. I'll see you do it again. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. Oh, late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn around. Yes, will. It's gonna work in your favor. Woo, come on, do you believe it tonight? Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn around. It's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. It's gonna work in your favor. Come on, say it again. Late in the midnight hour. Late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn around. God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. It's gonna work in your favor. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just give him some praise. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that you're turning things around. You're turning things around tonight. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. Yes, it will. Hallelujah. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. It's gonna work for you. It's gonna work. 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 When you least expect it, it's gonna work. Late in the midnight hour, it's gonna work for you. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. 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 We showed the devil anyway, didn't we? And we got that cajon in there anyway, buddy. <laughs> ah, it was great. It was great. Man, we started off this conference, and 24 hours before the conference started, Robin Bullock called and said, something's come up, and my band can't come. And so he was nervous about it, like, we, you don't need the band. You know, we okay. I said, we got Jesse Duplantis' drummer's going to be here. And I called him, and he said, well, I can't bring a drum set, but I'll bring a cajon. And I said, I said, we got Charlie here. Charlie will play the bass. So we have improvised all the way through. But one thing about it is we ain't going to be silent. 
We're going to shout. We're going to shout to the Lord. We are awakening the sound. Amen. Amen. There is a sound in the spirit realm. And we've got to tap into that sound and we've got to stay awake. I know when I was preaching Sunday morning, I was talking about discerning it. You got to discern it. You got to get to that place where you discern it. When nobody's around to lay hands on you, to agree with you, to, you know, take authority over the devil, you can do it. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks a million to our worship team and to Carl and to Joshua, who's helped us with our media, to Gerard. Y'all have all been such a blessing helping us during this conference. I said it earlier, it's like I build up for Christmas and then it's time to take the tree down. Well, tonight's the last night and sometimes I get a little mopey about it. I'm tired, but I hate after we've built up for it for so long, then suddenly to it's all over with. But I've got just a few things I want to say before my husband shares and we introduce our guest for the night to come and share. Um, Ruth, were you able to minister to Gerard? Where's Ruth? She was? Okay, great. Awesome. I love how God's doing things and there's some body ministry that's going on in, in here. Um, Nina, wow. God used you. You almost didn't come like four days ago. And look what God has done through you in this conference. What a miracle. How time, you know, that's all I could think of after you talked to me today. Brandy was, she wasn't even coming till four days ago, four days before it started. And, and I was like, wow. And I'm so glad she's here. In fact, Rochelle wrote me last night. She said, what? Nina came. I thought she couldn't come. But uh, we're so glad that you're here. And thank you for being obedient and allowing the Holy Spirit to use you, honey. Amen. Amen. I have felt uh, for a couple of days, which two of you are doctors, medical doctors? These two? I, I feel like that before this conference ends, for the young man, Jack, that y'all are supposed to lay hands on him and pray for him, for his heart. And I felt God told me that Nina, what, Nina works in cardiology, that she is also, with it being a heart condition, that Jack has been diagnosed with. Now, I know we as a body of believers have prayed, but I feel very strongly that before we conclude tonight, before we all leave out of here, that that's supposed to take place. And we're all as a body in here going to believe again for him. Thanks to those of you who've driven from so far to be here, some of you that we didn't even know from Kentucky here and, and from Miss uh, Peggy contacted us like about four days also before the conference started. She said, well, I'm kind of like the new kid on the block and I'm, I'm late to the game, but can I come? Drove by herself from St. Louis, Missouri down here to be here. And she said, I, I just want to meet some other Christian believers and be in fellowship. And so I hope she's been able to connect with a few of you and uh, good. She texted me when we got to the pirate show and she said, hey, I got a really good seat. Thanks so much. But I couldn't find you. I kept looking around, but I never could find you. But God bless you, and, and thank you for coming. People from, a couple from Maine over here, thank you all for coming. God bless y'all. And we, sitting right in front of you is uh, Joy. She's part of my family. My sister-in-law, Janice's baby sister. And they came from Tallahassee, Florida, her and Wesley. And I didn't even realize, y'all, we could have done a live band ourselves with all the people that are here. Wesley, next year, bring your guitar. <laughs> I'll send you the charts ahead of time. 
Joey can get up here and sing with us. And we got the drummer. And, you know, we didn't even know what to do about renting drums. We've never rented drums. I don't know if you can do that such a thing as that. But whatever, we'll figure it out. But uh, I just want to thank all of you for coming. I know for many of you, um, it was an extra financial sacrifice to get here. And what a blessing. Pastor John Ortiz, you want to come greet the people? Come on. Pastor said yes. This is one of our spiritual sons in the Lord. And he is so prophetic. He's just a powerhouse. He pastors in Beaumont, Port Arthur, somewhere right around in there. I don't know. I've been there a bunch of times, but I don't know exactly where it is. But anyway, we love him. Thanks. We love you. you. <laughs> I just want to share a scripture with you. Uh, Proverbs 21 and 22 says, A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. So God's raising up warriors in this hour. And it's up to us to shake off the lower level stuff and to ascend into that high place and release breakthrough. Breakthrough for your family, for your region, for your church, for your business. Aren't you tired of the enemy doing what the enemy does? You don't have to live there. You can ascend into the high place and release breakthrough. Why do we we always pray for breakthrough, right? Always praying for it. We already have it. So just release it with your voice. There's power in your voice. There's power in your sound on the inside of you. You've got to get a revelation of how powerful your voice is. When you decree a thing, it's established. So if you release breakthrough, breakthrough has to be established in your sphere of influence. Tell your neighbor I'm powerful. It's not an arrogant thing. That's understanding who you are in Christ. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you for this group of warriors, Father. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this hour. Father, as, as it gets darker, we know that your glory, your light is shining brighter. And Father, we just release tonight, Father, a special impartation of your power, your presence, and breakthrough on the inside of us. Father, we just thank you for revival that's flowing in this room. We thank you for uh, revivalists that are in this room that will take that spirit of revival that they feel here and bring it into their place of influence, bring it into their place of, of, uh, of, of their churches and their businesses. Father, we thank you that this is the end time global warriors are rising up to decree a thing, to see it established in this earth realm. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, give the Lord a praise. Amen. It's a good day. Hallelujah. I'm excited about tonight. But, uh, man, this has been a, tr a tremendous week or weekend. And I pray that each one of you, when you're heading home, you just begin to reflect on what all you've received and begin to build upon that. You know, there's impartations that take place. But it's like Elisha. Elisha would have never crossed back over and struck the water if he wouldn't have picked up the mantle. So we have to pick it up and do something with it. And so pick it up, take it home with you, and begin to demonstrate it at home. they got a lot of family members, friends that need uh, a touch from God. And you carry that. You carry that. Each one of us carry that. And um, my brother here that came with Kimberly, I, I forget your name, Shannon, we want to pray with you before we leave here tonight that God's going to heal your body. Amen. We're just going to believe that. And we're all going to join together and pray for you. That God's going to heal you tonight. Amen. It's going to be good.
Let me, let me say this. I was at um, Bishop Mark Sharona's meeting. He had a um, meeting called the Essekar, um what was that? Initiative, yeah. And uh, we were sitting in the audience, and one of the nights that we were there, um, Bishop had called a, a couple up on the platform and then called, I guess it was three or four gentlemen around. One of them was uh, Hank Kuhneman, another gentleman, I don't know, I don't remember his name, but then uh, he called also Patrick Kitely up. And as they begin to prophesy over this uh, gentleman, and the power of God began to move into place, and I begin to hear the word that was being spoken by the prophet here tonight. I told uh, my wife, I said, we got to have this guy come to our church. I said, what's his name? And uh, she says, I, I don't really know. And uh, so we called uh, Bishop Sharona. I said, uh, I said one, of the, one of the young men that was on the platform, I said, uh, I said, we'd love to have him come to the church. I said, if you think it'd be good to, to have him come. He said, oh, man, it'd be ideal. And I said, well, we need to, I need to get his number. He said, well, which one was it? <laughs> I said, it was a guy with the red hair. He said, oh, man, he would fit perfect in your church. And so from that point, we began to develop a relationship, and he came in. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate people that have walked in different shoes, many different shoes. And for him being raised in a ministry family, he's seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything that goes along with that in between all of those, and is still a very humble individual. In fact, I'm gonna say this, we were, we, we were, we were scheduled to have someone else come and I canceled them because of the character. I canceled it because there was a lack of integrity. And I was desperate and I needed, we needed a word to be stirred in our church. And that's when I asked brother, uh, Bishop Sharona, I said, uh, would this guy come and be a good mix for us? And absolutely. And I'm gonna tell you from the first moment that we saw him ministering in, in Orlando, and then had him come to our church. He has blessed our people tremendously, blessed our church tremendously, and um, has spoken a word and has touched the hearts of all of our people. And our church dearly loves this man. And uh, I can't, I just can't say enough about him. And, I, and uh, so anyway, they've become our family and a part of us. And we're going to have him again. We were talking today probably late summer and or the beginning of fall, have him come and minister to both of our churches and one in Gonzales, one in, in Metairie area. And uh, y'all are gonna wanna come when we have him. It's gonna be a powerful deal. We'll probably have him, we're gonna work out the times, two nights in each place and we're gonna work him hard. <laughs> and we're gonna feed him good, amen. But I want you to give a good welcome to Prophet Patrick Kitely as he comes tonight. And uh, 
Amen. You know, I want you, I want each one of us in here, each one of us have the capacity to place a demand on the anointing. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. She placed the demand. She said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. But she didn't stop with just talking about it. She put herself in a position that as he passed by, she reached out and touched the Lord. And the word says she was made whole that very hour. Now, the word tells us that faith without works is dead. And we can have faith tonight, but unless we put ourselves on the edge to place a demand and pull, we're not going to receive everything we need to receive. So I want you to put everything out of your mind. I want you to put aside what you're going to be doing, what time you're leaving tomorrow. I got to pack later on. What am I going to eat tonight? Everything's going to be closed. Let's not worry about it. And let's put a demand upon the anointing and pull out of this servant of God what God would have to say to us tonight. Amen. Why don't you give a good hand to the Lord right now? Amen. Let me get settled here. Tonight we're going to enter into something entirely new for what you have gone through has prepared you to accrue a future that is ready and due. For many a call, but the chosen are few, and I thank God that he's chosen you and you and you and me too to enter into a season of pressing through. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to bid adieu to what is untrue, and I'm going to pursue what is about to debut. Can somebody say, yeah, boo? Okay. I'm just trying to find out if you're awake. All right. It's wild, first of all, because um, I... We were at uh, a guy's name's Chuck Pierce uh, with a few of the prophets this last weekend, and he has a place in Dallas called Glory of Zion. And uh, so I, we go to we go to church at uh, Free Chapel with Pastor F uh, Jensen Franklin. And so I went and I grabbed what how what he calls it all, the anointing all. And so I had the same sense that God wants to heal some people here tonight. And uh, there's a word. So I got my oil. I'm going to leave it right there. It says divine return, glory of Zion. So I'm going to leave that there. Uh, but what an honor and privilege to be here. I love Pastors Garland and Beverly Bilbo. How many thank God for them? Amen. Come on. Come on. And uh, this time, for the first time, out of like eight or nine times that I've been with you, I think it's somewhere up there, seven, eight times, something like that, um, I have never brought my wife and, and my family. I, I don't know. And so we, we drove up from Georgia yesterday. And uh, was yesterday? I can't. These days are running together here right now. Um, and uh, so Marlena, Kitely here, my wife, will be married 24 years um, on March 21st. See, I got it, 1998. Three, two, one, nine, eight, girl. All right. Um, so, um, and then our daughter, Hope, as well. She's with us, and uh, she's already made friends with Bo. She found out what he loves, Super Mario, and they went to Marshall's, and they found a Super Mario hat today for Bo. And so, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, being here again with you is bittersweet. It's sweet because I'm with y'all. 
Uh, but at the same time, it was the last place. My, my father passed on October 29th and, um, and uh, pancreatic cancer. And, um, and it's, been, it's been a season, let me tell you. It's been a season. I just got back into flowing and going and moving again. And, um, and so the Lord just uh, had us in the season where we're taking care of my mom. She's turning 77 in May and uh, taking care of her. And, uh, but he passed. But the last place that we ministered together was at Blizzard Breakaway. So, and, uh, and so I have that picture. I, I, I brought it with me. I mean, you, you know that picture of him speaking and putting out his you know, prophetic bony finger out. And he always just prophesied and picked people out and preach. And he was a wild man. His first book he wrote was called I Didn't Mean to Cause Trouble. But, but, um, but then, then he said, but yes, I did. Yes, I did. So all over the world, um, you know, he, he touched many people's lives. And, uh, you know, I miss my daddy, definitely. But uh, powerful man of God. It was great to be here. You know, he, he'd stand up here. He probably said this when he was here. He's probably like, you know, in the kingdom, there are, no, there are more non-profits than there are prophets. And he says, prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T. And, uh, you know, he just had this sense of humor that was just, it was, he was ridiculous. He, he made you laugh. I gave you the anesthesia and then went in and did surgery. And uh, so that's just the way my daddy was. But I brought his book. Now, I want to tell you about this book. He wrote this book. He finished this book two days before he went into the hospital. Eight days later, he passed. And, uh, and so we just went ahead and, and just printed it because I knew I was going a few places um, here in the beginning of the year. And it's called Waging a Winnable War. And, uh, and in fact, let me just give you some of the table of contents. We're not in a hurry, are we? I mean, Josh and I, we tried with the Pirates thing, if you saw us up there, but that was rigged. That was rigged. That was like WWE stuff going on right there. That was like Super Bowl stuff going on right there, right? Hey, you guys, you guys should be rooting for Joe. Come on now. Come on now. But listen, I believe he had a prophetic premonition and... He, here, here's some of the titles, Reigning in Our Daily Lives. These are the chapters. Thinking God Thoughts, Possessing What We Already Have Been Given, Obtaining Good Physical and Emotional Health, Taking Back Stolen Property, The Advantage of Adversity, Part 1 and Part 2, Overcoming Power, What Manner of People We Ought to Be, Part 1 and Part 2. And so I had the opportunity to uh, write the forward in here after he had passed. My sister wrote, the addendum on the back end telling the rest of the story because he didn't get to finish one part so we finished it for him and it was telling his testimony and one of the things when we he was in the hospital we told the lord we said lord we want him but if you want him you can have him and either way if he goes or he stays it's a victory and uh and so the lord saw fit to take him home and it was a lot of just supernatural stuff that was happening at that time. God was doing amazing things. Uh, but I brought the book with me. I'm over here. Um, they, they're like $10. Uh, but what I'm doing with the proceeds of it, and so if you want to donate whatever you want to donate towards the book, we're getting, my mother's driving a 2004 Lexus, and I want to upgrade her. And so I told her, I said, I'm going to take the book around the country, and I'm going to help you get a new car. And so and so this is, this is um uh, the book that's available. I want to give one to you, Pastor Garland, and um, I'd be more than willing to sign um, the books at the end here. We're just going to do the 
everlasting gospel tonight, um, or at least the lasting gospel tonight, and, uh, and, 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 and go. But I want to hand this to you. Um, if you could, where am I? Am I going the wrong way here? We're going the right way. Okay. And sign these. And I kind of, have you ever heard of a prophet named Dick Mills? Um, Dick Mills would give people scriptures. And so I'll take a look at you and they'll give me one, two, three scriptures, whatever he may give you. And I'll write that when I sign it. So you're more than welcome to do that. Just bring me a pen. I don't have one. I just have all. So just getting through the preliminaries here. Um, I'm coming to work. I'm probably a little different than the other people you had um, this weekend, and that's the beauty of the kingdom. Um, so I'm not gonna—I'm not playing an instrument here tonight. I'm just gonna be an instrument, and uh, and just hopefully, I believe God's gonna tie up this whole entire time, just bring it all together in this moment. And I didn't want to regurgitate something, which I try not to do. Uh, but sometimes God gives you a word for the nation, and you go around, you give the word for the nation. Uh, but what I have here today is what I did this afternoon. So it's not on a computer. It's just chicken scratch. Okay? And so I'm just going to go and flow with it. Is that all right? Um, you know, because I just believe the Holy Spirit is here moving in this place. Um, there was an 80-year-old woman who uh, she recently married her fourth husband. And... Uh, it's a humorous story because the news the news people came and they asked, you know, what was the occupation of her present husband? And she said, well, my new husband, he owns a funeral home. And so and so and so, you know, the news reporter is now wondering, well, what did the other three husbands do? He asked her and, and, and she says, well, the first husband that, that I have, we were very wealthy. He was a he was a bank manager. And he had, we had lots of money and everything was great. My second husband, I mean, she started listing off all the different husbands. My second husband, I was madly in love with him. He was a circus ringmaster. And uh, then my third husband was a pastor. And so now the news reporter is really confused, you know, like, what, what's going on here? And, uh, and, and she said, why did you marry all these different types? And she said, well, I married one for the money and two for the show, and three to get ready, and four to go. Okay, all right. I just had to throw that in there. Because sometimes we get so serious, you know, we're like, what's he going to say? There's an 80-year-old woman. Yes, Lord, what's going on? There's a testimony coming forth. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, four to go. <laughs> um. Turn with me in your Bibles. I'm going to look at about three different verses. Usually I'm the one verse guy where I'll just read a verse and then just go. But I want to tie something together that I've just been hearing in my spirit. Um, and it was just confirmed in the pirate thing tonight. So it was just amazing. Um, wasn't that? That was fun. That was fun. Um, my daughter, she enjoyed that. That was, that was really cool. But um, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. And I'm just going to flow here if that's okay. Is that okay? I got a rhyme out, so you don't you don't need any more rhymes, right? Okay, good, good. Okay, because I mean I can I can give you them. Actually, writing a book this month, finishing my first devotional called A Rhyme a Day, and it's a rhyme and a devotional. It's my wife's idea, and then a journal, and so it's volume one. Because I've I've been known as the rhyming preacher, the rhyming prophet, or 
somehow rhymes just come out, you know. And so and so I'm just decided to we, we're doing that. Um, also this year, um, I'm releasing every month starting next month um, ebooks, free ebooks, and uh, just been writing and writing and writing. And I've put them all together. At the end of the year, I'm going to print a book called Opening Up Spheres of Destiny. And so the whole topic, if you go to patrickkitely.com, I'm not trying to sell it, but if you go there, it's a resource for you. It's for free. It's not trying to <laughs> do anything with it. Just want to bless the kingdom. And so, um, you know, I just, I'm in this season where, you know, I've pastored for 26 years, been in the ministry, worked in the medical field. I heard there's a few medical people here in the room and uh, worked with, um, stem cell education and a lot of different things in medical uh, over the last few years. And actually I've done, I was doing an interview this week. I've actually done over 500 medical seminars. And uh, so I preach a little bit, but also I do that too as well, you know, on the side. So it's kind of, kind of fun to see God. I have a heart for doctors and a heart for people in the medical field. Um, you know, this last season, you know, with COVID, you know, every time I have an opportunity, I just just like, you know, police officers and military to thank our medical people because um, they've been on the front lines and, um, you know, with all the stuff and I'm not getting into all the stuff, everything that's been included with the whole COVID process. Um, and so, you know, those that are medical here, just thank you as well for your service and for being on the front lines during this last season. Um, yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yeah, so are you ready? I feel like I need to read a scripture and then make a prophetic declaration. Pray and make a prophetic declaration. Is that okay? Does that sound good? Okay, turn with me to, uh, in fact, why don't you stand? Why don't you stand? Um, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 14 uh, down to about 21. And if you want to read with me, I'm reading from the New King James Version. And I'm going to pop my, my other eyes up so I can see a little bit better because I've crossed the threshold of bifocal land and I'm fighting it. And I'm saying, God, do a miracle. If you can do it for Bartimaeus, you can do it for me. If man can see trees, just, you know, man is trees walking. That's what I kind of see right now out there. Then you can do it for me. I'm going to get clear. 2020, 2010. Come on, somebody. 2022 i'll take whatever it takes i'm going to read this and you can read it with me if you like but the reason i have you stand i grew up in black church and and so we always stand for the reading of the word so you're making me feel at home if that's all right or we'd say that's i <laughs> thus says the lord your redeemer the holy one of israel for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, the Chaldeans who rejoice in their ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. 
Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Or another translation says, shall you not perceive it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise, Church of Louisiana. Bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here with us in this room. And in Matthew 18, you let us know that if two or three of us get together and begin to pray, that you are also there with us. We understand that there is a a new reality, a new sense of your presence that we couldn't experience by ourselves like when we all get together. And so, Lord, we thank you that there is an encounter in this room that we could not get alone, but we came here to blizzard break away to encounter you in the way that you come to encounter us tonight. And so tonight, Lord, we open up our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say in this hour, in this moment. Lord, we thank you. Come on, somebody bless him right now. Lord, we bless you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful. Come on, somebody just thank him right now. Come on. Start thanking him. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for the good times. I thank you for the bad times. I thank you for the mountains. I thank you for the valleys. I thank you, Lord, for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I thank you. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. Now get your prophetic bony finger out and stick it in your neighbor's face. And tell them when you're willing to get low and take a few blows and go toe to toe with every enemy and foe, then you're going to enter a new flow. And God will show everyone in heaven and hell and earth below that his name is about to grow. For he will bestow a supernatural glow upon you that is completely apropos to what you had to undergo. Can somebody say, whoa? All right, be seated, be seated, be seated. When you're willing to get low and go toe-to-toe with every enemy and foe, you enter a new flow, and God will show everyone in heaven and earth and hell below that your name and his name is about to grow. Come on, somebody, because he's going to bestow a supernatural glow that is completely apropos to what you had to undergo. Can somebody say, whoa? Okay, you got it. You got it. To what you had to undergo. There's some people in this room, you've had to undergo some stuff. As like some preachers like to say, you've been under some things you're supposed to be over. 
That's what I'm re re writing in my book about is Deuteronomy chapter 28, opening up spheres of destiny. And it's like there's one piece where he just says, you know what? You are the head and not the tail. You are to be above only and not beneath. You are not to be under. You're to be over. Come on, somebody. We're not undercomers. We're overcomers. And if you want to you know, get the definition of overcome, I'm going to give it to you right now. It's going to be so deep. Ready? Overcome. Ready? Overcome means to come over. To come over whatever has been in your way. If you're going to overcome something, you got to step over that thing. Come on now. Just like I always say, what's, what's, the, what's the, uh, the definition of understand? Understand means to stand under. So that's what Asaph said. He got into the presence. He said, until I went into the sanctuary, I did not understand. But when I stepped into the presence and I stood under, began to stand under, then I began to understand. He said, then all of a sudden I understood clarity began to come. And I began to realize that the enemy is really, really, really tidy. Come on now. He's, he, 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 he goes about as a roaring lion, but he's toothless. Come on now. He can't even afford a dentist to even put dentures in his mouth. He's toothless. But, but, but then he, and he goes on, he started realizing himself. And then he said, God, whom have I in heaven but you? And there's none that I desire on earth beside you. The Lord is the strength of my heart. And he's my portion forever. I'm telling you, we're, 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 we're in an amazing time frame. I love where we're at. I don't know if I would want to live in any other time in history. My, my, part of my degree is one of my degrees is in history. And I love history. I love history. Even one of my one of my degrees also is I have Old Testament um, Old Testament historical studies. I have masters in that, and so I love history. But you look at history and you say, you know what? This is the greatest time to be alive, because we are in a prophetic a time of prophetic fulfillment, and this is the time for the church to shine. This is the time for the power of God to be made manifest. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to preach a gospel of defeat this is a gospel of victory and the eschatology that we teach is an eschatology of victory come on now this doesn't just end up with just you know everybody in the whole world's just dead and gone and mad and angry and i mean you know you start looking you realize that the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our god and of his christ and he is going to reign forever and ever and so we're on the winning side and so and so we should not walk in fear in this hour we should walk in faith and so i don't know if his name is putin or whoever you want to put in there you know the 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 oligarch the the autocrat the dictator whoever you want to put into that position um that's fine and they you know kings come and kings go but the thing is though the kingdom of god is being established in this hour and so what's fun for me is just to be with y'all to be honest with you to be at the pirate show I didn't know what to expect. I had been at one dinner show before. It was called Medieval Times. And I'd been there, and the, horse, the horses, you know, it, it was beautiful. You know, they're kicking up the dust, and it was beautiful. I'm sitting there eating my chicken dinner, and there's dust flying. And I didn't know what to expect, but this pirate show was, was amazing. I was ready for, like, a worship song, you know, just Darlene to come out and start singing Shout to the Lord or, you know, something something needed to happen. It was like we had we didn't finish the meeting here tonight. You know, we didn't have an altar call. We just celebrated Scarlet and whatever the other side was.
I didn't even memorize their name. And then they and then they and then they tried to rig this thing against us. Doesn't that sound familiar? That sounds like Haman, doesn't it? He will hang from his own noose. But I'm telling you, it's exciting. So I'm, we are just honored to be here because we believe that God, this is the hour where it's the rise of the saints. And I'm not talking about New Orleans, although, you know, my son would be happy if that would happen again because he's a Drew Brees fan. He was a Drew Brees fan. He's a Saints fan. But the rise of the saints in this hour. And if we're going to have the rise of the saints, then we also have, also have an understanding that, that the fivefold ministry has to come alive again. And because because the whole church food chart has to flip. Just like they flipped the food chart before, they flipped the church chart where the foundation is the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And they're there to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and to build platforms and to release the saints in different spheres of influence. Each and every one of us have spheres of influence. And so God wants to release you and anoint you in this hour to do more than you could ever imagine. And so I think I feel like we've been, I'm, I think I'll get to this word, but I, I feel like we've been in waiting. Like we've just kind of been in this season. And it's like, you know, you ever felt like, you ever, you ever like back in the day you had your remote and you just kind of like push pause and you're like in freeze frame. The TV's in free. I feel like like a lot of people in the kingdom have been in freeze frame. There's a lot of substance. There's a lot of impartation. There's a lot of prophecy and prophetic words that God has given. And there's a lot of faith. But it's like we've been in freeze frame and God's about to push play. And we're about to move forward and be the church. Come on, somebody. Not just do church. We've done church. We know how to do church. We can get up the choirs. We can get the singing. We can get the worship. We can get the preacher. Get up and put my robe on. You know, we can preach and have a good time with the oil. And splash around in the river. Come on, somebody. The wind and the fire and the whatever else elements that we cannot contain. We describe the Holy Spirit, and we've had those times of impartation, and we're going to continue because there are times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. But also, I believe that there is this thing in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, and I'm not reading that verse, but it talks about that Jesus is not coming back. Come on, somebody. I'm going to have to read it, actually. Is somebody writing these scriptures down? I have... Four things in my Bible. I have a prayer cloth from my grandmother, Dr. Violet Kiteley, who preached for 70 years, 75 years, something like that. She passed when she was 90. She started preaching when she was 12. So do the math. I also have a uh, the outline from my uncle. He's 78 years old. He's writing a book right now on the fivefold connected to the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And so I have his outline on an outback steakhouse drink card. I also have a, a letter from a little card from my daughter here. Hope says, I love you, dad. And then, and then another little heart sticker from my other daughter that says, I love you. So I carry four things in my Bible um, with me. But look at Acts chapter 3 because I don't know why I'm reading this, but I'm just going to read it. It says, 
Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration or restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophet since the world began. Woo! So there's times of refreshing. We've had times of refreshing. But what we're seeing in the earth right now is the restoration of all things. Come on, somebody. And so, and so I'm excited. I just personally am excited to be here because I know it's been a long week and a long day and a long week, you know, this whole time. But we're going to have fun here for a moment. God's presence is in this room. Do you believe that? Do you sense that? And so, and so it's going to be amazing. So I'm looking in the book of Isaiah. And first of all, since you're taking amazing notes on your arm or wherever else you're writing, um, Isaiah means God of salvation or the Lord of salvation. It's connected. Isaiah is connected, and I'll show you the difference in a minute, but it's connected to another name that we know and that is Joshua, or we would say in the Hebrew, Yeshua, which was Jesus, his Hebrew name, which is Greek name, or was just Jesus. And so you look in the, in the scripture, and Isaiah, and Joshua, and Yeshua, and Jesus, all are the same meaning. God of salvation. The Lord is salvation. In fact, you can throw one more name in there. The original name of Joshua was Hosea. And it also means God of salvation, or the Lord is salvation. And the word save is interesting because the word save, and you got to catch this here for a second, the word save, it doesn't just mean save. It, there's two things that take place when, when the God of salvation shows up on the scene. The first thing is he comes to deliver, but at the same time he also comes to defeat. Somebody's alive up in here. He comes to deliver. He comes to redeem. He comes to set free the God of salvation. And at the same time, he comes to defeat. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Come on, somebody. Sit here at my right hand until I make all of your enemies your footstool. There's something about a God, come on now, who comes along and he doesn't just pull you out of the fire. Come on now. But he actually stomps the fire out. He takes the fire out and he says, enough is enough. And I'm a resourceful God. And so what I do is when I do miracles, I do miracles all at the same time. I don't just do a work. I do a complete work. And so you look in, you look in Exodus chapter 14, the children of Israel go through. Come on, somebody. But the scripture says that the Lord made walls out of the water and they went through and walked over on dry ground and they got safely to the other side well guess what god said i'm going to use this same miracle to do another thing pharaoh and his chariots came in after the children of israel what did god do he caused the walls to crash down upon them he said i'm so resourceful that i can do two miracles with one guess what god is up to stuff in this hour come on church He's up to stuff in this hour where he's going to blow our minds again and again. We think he's just doing one thing, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do a whole bunch of things at the same time. That's, the way I, that's why I love getting into a Holy Spirit environment because all of us come in. Come on now. 
with different needs, with different concerns, with different challenges, with different struggles, with, with things that we need healed, whatever it may be. And in the same room, at the same time, with the same oil, God can touch somebody one way or ten ways and touch another person seven ways. Come on, somebody. And another person 30 ways because they got a whole lot of issues. They're not just the woman with the issue of blood. They're the woman with the issues. But guess what? God comes and says, I'm going to touch you 30 ways. I can do all of that at the same time. And so, and so when you talk about salvation, the God of salvation, he not only comes to deliver, he also comes, come on somebody, to defeat the enemy. Is somebody alive up in here? Now here's what Isaiah, because I'm going I'm to talk about Isaiah in a moment. But Isaiah is interesting because Isaiah means God of salvation, but Isaiah, ah. Okay? And so when you look in the Hebrew, you realize that whenever there is a ha or an ah, in someone's name, it speaks of the breath of God. It speaks of the Ruah. And so God of salvation, he saves with Ruah, with breath. Can I talk to somebody? And so what did Israel experience at the Red Sea? They said in, in, in chapter 15, as, as they began to sing the song of victory after they went out, they said, Thou disblowest the wind, or thy wind. He breathed, God breathed the wind, the, the waters back, and he breathed them back down upon the Egyptians, the God of breath. Ah. Now you realize that, here I'll give you another example, Abraham and Sarah. That wasn't their original names. What were their original names? Abram and Sarai. Or, yeah, Sarai. And so you look at Abram and Sarai, and God came along at a certain time in their life. They had different encounters, but he said, I need to change your name. You see, sometimes when God changes names, it's not just to change your name because that would sound cuter. He comes to change names because he's actually adding dimensions to your life. He's adding anointings to your life. He's actually aligning you and matching you up with the original word prophecy that was spoken over your life because here's abram and sarai and they're there they have this promise you're going to be the father of many nations you're going to be the mother of many nations but the problem was that their names needed to change in order for them to line up with what god wanted to do in their story is somebody alive up in here and so god said guess what i'm going to put the ha in abram and so he said, now you are Abraham. And I'm going to put the ah, because ha and ah are interchangeable, H-A or A-H in the English. He says, I'm going to put the ah in Sarai's name. And it's interesting because when God changed her name to Sarah, breath, all of a sudden the mother of nations with the breath of God, all of a sudden she became pregnant. She was barren. Why? Because Sarai was the masculine form of Sarah. And so as long as she carried the masculine form of her name, she could not conceive. But when God said, I need to change you, your name, your identity. Come on, somebody. What people call you. 
in order to line you up with what I want to do in this time. And so, so you look at it and it's realized, you know, God, the whole breath of God is interesting in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and God formed man out of the, the, the dust of the earth, and he, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You look in Ezekiel chapter 37. Can I, can, I, can I just lay down some scripture for you for a moment? I'm just laying down some tracks because we're going somewhere. And it's prophetic here tonight what God wants to do. But I have to get this off my chest. You look in Ezekiel 37, and he says, begin to prophesy to the winds. And I have this, I have this interesting thing, Pastor Garland, that just been, been, been ruminating over recently. And that is when he prophesied to the winds in Ezekiel 37, we already had the bones come together, the flesh, the sinews, the muscles. Everything came together, right? Then he says, now prophesy to the wind. And he prophesies directionally in the earth. North, south, east, and west. The wind of the north, the wind of the south, the wind of the, the east, the wind of the west. And he said, come and breathe into these that are slain. Breathe into these dry bones. And that breath came and caused went into that body and that 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 those bones all of a sudden rose up an exceeding great army and i just have this thought in my head the breath of god is not just like me going when god breathes it comes from everywhere it comes from i'm not even i haven't even thought about this long enough yet so you have to help me out because you know you just you that's the way you are we can get into these conversations but it's like the breath of god when god breathed in genesis chapter 2 the breath i don't just believe he just like me just doing this right now there when god breathes it's like and it just impart into the nostrils and man became a living soul there's something about the wind of god and all of a sudden you sit in a room like this and you realize when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all seated in one place and were in one accord. And suddenly, come on somebody, I just have this north, south, east, where the sound of a mighty rushing. What's the name of this conference? Awaken the sound rushing wind I'm telling you and here we have this prophet now let me keep moving name isaiah there's something about the breath isaiah was obviously a prophet but he was connected relationally familial with the royal family so he was somewhere along something in the royal families connected to the line of kings and we know in isaiah chapter one and chapter five he came out the gate <laughs> with a ministry that was kind of interesting to be honest with you because it was like what kind of prophet is this because every single word you can read it yourself you go through one through five of isaiah and you'll find he has this woe ministry woe unto you amalekites woe unto you amen woe unto you moab woe 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 he's woeing everybody in the room even more than woe vicky see two people got that joke okay good i know there was going to be two and that and you got it there's a there's a girl she's i don't know if she's trying to be hip-hop or what but she calls herself woe vicky and it's like lord deliver vicky in jesus name but but he just had 
this ministry where it's like he has his finger out and he's just woe unto you, woe unto you. You're in trouble. God's going to get you. God's going to smash you. You're done. And then he gets to chapter six. And his ministry changes. He has a heavenly encounter in the year that King Uzziah died. You know the scripture. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And then I heard these angels that were crying back and forth. Holy, holy, holy. And as they were crying, the room, can you imagine what kind of worship is this? Literally the pillars of the house began to shake. Holy, what kind of worship has that kind of velocity? That kind of weightiness. Holy, come on somebody. Holy, back and forth, he's in this place where they're just crying out and they're speaking about God's character, God's nature, God's presence. Holy. Huh, that's who we have as a third person of the triune God. We, we, we can't be so glib in the church with church and in the presence. We can't continue to take this thing for granted. His name is holy. He's the Holy Spirit. Yes, he's our comforter. Yes, he is our guide. Yes, he is our teacher. Yes, he is our friend. Some people call him Holy Ghost. Some people call him Holy Spirit. Can you hear it? But let me tell you something. He's holy. And Isaiah's in this place. Holy. Whew. Holy. There's this encounter in God's presence where heaven and earth intersect. See, I believe that's where we're here tonight. Where there's this intersection between heaven and earth. And in that place, he has this heavenly encounter. And he has a heavenly conversion. Where he starts saying, you know what? I don't line up with this. This holy. If you look at my life, I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips. I haven't been holy. I'm just going to be honest. When you get around holy, you feel conviction. That's nice. But also you begin to transform. Because if you hang out in God's presence long enough, you'll find out he's not there to crush you like a bug. Come on, somebody. But he's actually there to transform you and change you and rearrange you and do whatever needs to get done to get you more like him. And so if you just spend time in his presence... Come on, somebody. You might feel like you're squirming a little bit for a minute, but guess what? You get closer and closer to him. You draw near to God. He draws near to you. And it, guess what? It does not appear what we shall be. Come on, somebody. But when we see him, we shall become like him because we'll see him as he is. We get a little close to holy. Come on, somebody. And he says, be holy as I am holy. Be separate as I am separate. Holy also means not only that, it also means different. So be different. He is different. He is different than any other God. He is different than any other person. He's set apart. Come on, somebody. And so be different as I am different. Be in the world, but not of the world. Holy. So he has this conversion. His lips get changed because his ministry before was a woe ministry. And he all of a sudden he gets into the presence of a holy God and his woe changes to woe is me. Ooh. He's in the presence. He's like tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, woe. 
I believe that God's bringing his church back into a season through however he may have to, to get us back to the place of woe. Realizing the depths of his presence. The depths of his glory. He's in chapter 6 and he's like, has this heavenly conversion. Then he hears a heavenly conversation. Then he gets a heavenly calling. That's how, that's how the God encounter is. You have an encounter with God. There's a conversion that takes place. You begin to hear a conversation in the heavenlies and it rearranges your calling and sets you in motion. Come on, somebody. So you get to 43. Can I go to 43 here? Is that okay? How long do I have? Do I have like till one? I was, I was in a meeting last week, in, well, two weeks ago in Oregon, and the, only, the glory of God came down in such a way where the only thing that was holding us back from keeping on going was time and energy. It's like, man, I got to get on a plane. My gosh, these people are too tired. They need to come with me to China and see them pray for two hours before we even start the service in tongues. Not you all, I'm talking about the people in Oregon. Oregon's a different place. But 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 you look in 43, can I look, can I look at this for a minute? And God starts speaking about Babylon. Somebody say Babylon. What does Babylon mean? It means confusion. And Israel had spent a stint of 70 years, some 68, but most of them 70, in Babylon in a place called confusion, and they were in a place of captivity. They were in a place that they did not want to be in, and they couldn't do anything about it. It was prophesied. You ever been in a place like that? I don't want to be here, but I can't do anything about it. So I might as well be like Daniel and maximize the moment. And then he starts talking also in this verse about chariots and horses and Egypt, where Israel had spent 430 years in Egypt in slavery. Somebody say slavery. Somebody say captivity. 430 plus 70 is 500 years. A half a millennium in either slavery or captivity. And God is in verses 14, 15, 16, and 17 rehearsing the past. And then all of a sudden, after God lifts off, lists off all these things that happened in the past, he says, I listed off all those things from your past because I don't want you to remember them any longer. They're no longer tied to you. I cut off the identity of those things. I cut, come on somebody. I, I'm changing things up. And so let me say them myself. Yes, God, let me, God, say them myself to you. You had a hard time in Babylon. You had a hard time in Egypt. And we're not going to go over all the details of what got you there, but it was ugly. But guess what? I'm leading you to a place. I believe God has his church in this hour in a new season where he's like, do not remember the former things. Come on, somebody. Neither consider the things of old. He said, I don't want you to think about these things because if you start ruminating on what happened and whose fault it was and who, who did what to you, and God says, guess what? Didn't I not? Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a second. 
okay, that's nice. You're, you're, you're thinking about all those things, but did I not deliver you? Did I not redeem you? Did I not heal you? So why do we got to go over that again? Because if you continue, come on, somebody, you continue to hold on to that, then you can't receive what you are supposed to get right now. And show enough, you cannot go into the future and do what you're supposed to do in your destiny because you're holding on to something in your past. That's what they call the law of, of relinquishment and receiving, where you have to relinquish and let go of some things. Come on, somebody in order to receive. So as long as you're carrying around stuff from the past and carrying around, come on now, and carrying around things that hurt and they hurt me and I, I have church hurt. There's so many people just carrying around so much stuff. It's like God says, I want to set you free once and for all. Woo, come on now. I feel uh, enough is enough in the spirit here tonight. Where God's speaking to his church in this hour, and he's saying, enough is enough. You don't have to carry this stuff no more. In el nombre de Jesucristo. Amen. You do not have to carry this. You have to relinquish. Let it go. Release it. Because as long as your arms are full, then you don't have the capacity to receive what I'm about to give you right now. You see, you came to this blizzard breakaway, awaken the sound weekend, and God said, I need you to lay some stuff down and leave it up here in Pigeon Fort and bury it. And there's a cemetery outside the other side of the hotel across the street, and I need you to bury it and release it because guess what? Behold, I do a, a what? A new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. I was reading today that prophet Ezekiel wrote another book called Lamentations. Lamentation. I mean, Jeremiah, excuse me. Jeremiah wrote a book called Lamentations. And um, that sounds like a good book for some church folk. The Lamentations of God's People. But Jeremiah the crier, he wrote this, and you know this verse in chapter 3, verse 21. This I recall to my mind. And mind is one of the tripart portions of your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your thoughts, your decisions, your feelings. Your tripart, your soul is tripart. And he says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. If there was any part of us that needs hope in, our, in, our, in all of what we are, it's our mind. What did Joyce Meyer used to write a book? Was it The Battleground of the Mind? And it's like, it's like that's, this is where the war goes on. And here is Jeremiah saying, I have to recall something. Because one of the things God does not want us to recall is what happened to us in Babylon and in Egypt. But I got to recall something. So I'm going to recall and remember him. What he did. How he delivered me. And he says, through the Lord's mercies. Can somebody say mercies? 
we are not consumed because his compassion, somebody say compassions, they fail not. And by the way, mercies, if you look at that word mercies, it's interesting. It's the word hased and in the Hebrew. And it doesn't just mean God's faithfulness or, or God's kindness, but also speaks of God's favor. So through the Lord's favor, come on somebody, we are not consumed because his compassions, they fail not. And the word compassion is the compassion of a mother who is pregnant and who loves her, her baby and wants to protect her baby. And so what's inside of her, she loves so much. Come on, somebody. She wants to protect that child. And so he says here, he says, because of that, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are, they are new when every morning great is your faithfulness. They're new every morning. New every morning. I'm not a singer, but I've been singing about today. Great is your faithfulness, oh Lord. Bethany can blow the roof off this building. I just bring it back down. Great is your faithfulness. I tell you, there's something about God's faithfulness. But he says this, they're new. Somebody say new. Every morning. Behold, I do a, a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Behold, I do a new thing. You're not in Bill Murray's Groundhog Day. Repeating the same thing over and over the same day, over and over. Some of us feel like that sometimes. Over and just repetition over and over again. But God says, I'm doing a new thing, and it's new. How new is it? How often is it? It's new every morning. And, and here is Isaiah jumping on the scene, prophesying this word in 43. And he's saying, guess what, folks? Bye-bye yesterday. You're stepping into a new thing. Behold, I do a... A new thing. There's something new. Can I prophesy to somebody in this room here that you might have came here to this conference with some old things, with some concerns, with things that you have back home that you got to deal with, but you came and you received something from God. And God says, guess what? In your world, in your life, in your job, in your career, in your family, in your health, I am going to do a new thing. And, 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 and being in the prophetic world and growing up in a prophetic family and knowing a lot of different prophecies and pro prophets, excuse me, who've prophesied, you know, oftentimes you can live in this prophecy world where God speaks a word, but it's not yet. One thing we have to understand about prophecy, every prophecy that we get, we have to have a litmus test. And litmus test is a couple things. Want the two litmus tests? Are you ready for prophecy? You ready? How many, how many have received a prophetic word? Okay, so I'm going to give you your litmus test. Number one, when you get a word, you need to go listen to it, okay? That's a, that's, that's a given. Again and again, type it out, read it, write it. But see in your word what God says he is going to do. And then see what you're supposed to do. Because there's a lot of prophecy that is unfulfilled because... God's just waiting for you to do your part. Ooh, I got two amens. Come on, somebody. And he's like, I'm not going to be able to do my part until you do your part. And so if you know, if your word is, is, is connected to it, you need to go get an education and get certified. Come on, somebody. And get qualified in a particular area. Until you do that, God's just going to sit there and go, okay, 
Come on, somebody. Here's the other litmus test. Let me get a drink. The other litmus test is this. With every prophetic word, you need to look at it, each part, each line, each word, and realize what is near, what is now, what is far, and what is not. So there's some prophetic words, they're near, but they're not, they're, they need some, you're in development stage. Then there's some words that are now. It's a now, right, now word. Whew. A word in due season, how good it is. Then there are words that are far. See, every job, prophecy has to be judged. Near, now, far. There's some that God's speaking about the future, and you just need to develop and prepare. It's in seed form, and it will come forth. Then there are other words that are not. Woo! Because guess what? Prophecy is not a perfect ministry. And we prophesy in part, and we know in part. And sometimes some of those words, they could be either far or not, and they can have a little line between. You just don't know which one, because some of them you're just sitting there going, well, I don't understand this. Well, don't throw it away. Just put it on the shelf. But there's some other words where it's like, you know what? You're going to be a circus ringmaster, and you know you're not going to be a circus ringmaster. You know, you're going to be the bank accountant. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be the manager of the bank. You're going to be the owner of the bank. And so I'm not going to be the circus ringmaster. If you said that, God bless you, but I'm just going to go ahead and put that in the spiritual circular file in Jesus' name. Okay. But here is Isaiah. Can I, can I lay this down? I'm going to give one more verse, and then we're going to see what happens. Are you good with that? Is this, is this, is this, is anyone picking anything up from this? Okay. Because I was having a good time. I mean, I was just chicken scratch. Just, it's really chicken scratch. I mean, I should have been a doctor because my handwriting is doctorate level. I have a double master's. I didn't go all the way, but I have doctor level handwriting. And all the doctors in the room said, amen. Okay. <laughs> but but what was I saying? What was I saying? I got I threw myself off. One more verse. Oh yes, one more verse. Yes, 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 yes. And then we're gonna prophesy some things, we're gonna decree some things, we're gonna declare some things in Jesus' name. Here he is, he's prophesying, and he's like, new when now. New now. Behold, I do a new thing. And now it shall spring forth. Somebody say new. Somebody say now. Somebody say new. Now. That needs to be a t-shirt or something, like a baseball cat. New now. Woo. And that's what I believe God is saying in this time, is this is not just a moment of we're going to wait and see. Because I've had some prophetic words given over me that I know are from God. And I've been waiting a long time. You start praying that prayer. How long? You ever prayed that prayer before? I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. And I thank you. And I thank you for those words. And you've taught me how to make war with my prophecy. I get it. 
Now do it. How long? But then there are times, and you got to hear this and understand and perceive this moment. Because this is a weighty moment right now. This is a weighty weekend. You've had a conglomerate of us prophets with different styles, different flavors, different feels, but the same Holy Spirit. And ultimately saying the same thing. But God has us in this time frame where he's like, understand the weightiness of this moment. As we bring this conference together and launch out into 2022. And by the way, 2022, you have a choice. This is a choice year. It's either going to be 2020 T-O-O or it's going to be a 2020 T-O. Did you hear that? That's what the Lord spoke to me coming this year. It's like, is it going to be another T-O-O? Just another year, same old, same old, doing the same thing. Our ministry just is just at the same level. Our life is at the same level. Our family's at the same level. But God called us to more. He didn't just call us to have a life, but have life more abundantly. Come on, three people in Jesus' name. But he's not called us to that. But we're at a place where God's leading us into an era and a moment in time where we're stepping into this now. We're stepping into this purpose. We're stepping into a moment where God says, new, now. I told you we were going to get a new car in September. Be like, that's cool. If I told you there's a new car right now in the parking lot, you would like the price is right. Come on, somebody. Run outside. They have to play the music. And you'd run out there because there's a new now. I don't know about you, but I don't want to keep living for over yonder. When I have to understand the weightiness of this moment. That when God says new now, he's not wasting words. He's not wasting time. He's not letting us just go through the motions. But he says, I'm activating my church in this hour to be the church. And where are we the church? Not in the sanctuary, not at the conference, not at the breakaway. We're the church in our spheres of influence, in our neighborhoods, in our relationships. Expect miracles through your life. For some reason, again, we flip the food chart of the church and it's like we've, we've expected the evangelist or somebody to come in and do the miracles right here. Let the glory come, hallelujah. You know, it's, and that's great. I love all that. But guess what? Let the glory come at the workplace. Let the glory come. Come on, somebody. In the campus. Let the glory come at the grocery store. We were, <laughs> I'll share this and I'll, I'll say my last verse. Because I have one more. I'm going to tie this up. We were at, we were dropping our car off at Park and Fly at the ATL and I'm in there and not always, you know, you don't always feel like super spiritual all the time. Like I'm just, just bring them on. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not like walking around, just searching for people to prophesy over. <laughs> you know, I'm just probably should do a little more of that, but that's, you know, and you do have those times, but 
we were rushing to the airport. We were a little bit late. Not going to say the reason why. I just have a few ladies. Take <laughs> Where were we going? We were going to Texas. And uh, I thought this was last week. I'm putting stories together because we drove here. But we're in park and fly. It was, this was three days ago. I don't care. And we're in park and fly going in the bus back to get our vehicle and ready to get out. And the Lord just starts speaking to me about the lady who's driving the front of the car, the, the bus we were in, and the shuttle. And I'm like, oh, okay. That Holy Spirit tap, which you know what I'm talking about. And so I'm just like, everyone made sure everyone got off because I don't want to scare nobody. And I just said, you know what? I'm a believer in Jesus, and I'm what they call a prophet. Oh, you're a prophet. And I was like, and God gave me this word for you, and I began to speak to her. And she's crying. She probably needs to keep going to go pick up more people. But she's just crying. And she grabs my hand and puts it on her head. And, and, she, and she said, do that thing. And I'm like, what thing? And I was like, and I was like you mean pray? And she said, pray. And I'm like, okay. And I just said, I just went all Roberts on her. I just went from the top of her head down to the soles of her feet. Heal her. Heal her. And I said, God wants to heal you of, of, of diabetes. And I, and I said, and she started crying. She goes, I have sugar diabetes type one. And, and I said, well, I've, I was in a meeting recently again, and it's happened many times where two people in the meeting got healed of diabetes. And it was not just, okay, I feel like I got healed of diabetes. It was doctor confirmed. Because I want, I want, if we're going to claim miracles publicly, then they need, to be, they need to be medical field confirmed. I'm sorry. I'm just, that's just me. I mean, obviously, if somebody's been crippled all their life and they get up out of a wheelchair, it's an obvious one, most likely. You know what I'm saying? Or somebody was blind, we get it. But then there are other things that I feel need to be doctor medical confirmed. That's just me. That's just me. And it sounds like it's you too. But I told her, I said, in the last, I was in a meeting, and then the next week they started looking at their, their blood sugar levels, and the numbers were like, you know, in the high 80s, and they were in the 180s and 200s, and God healed them, and there was a testimony, and so God wants to heal you. And so I just prayed for her, and she's crying, and she's like, can you pray for my family? And I'm like, don't you need to go keep driving here? You know. So I start praying for the family. They're waiting outside. Uh, you know, to get in the car. And, and, and so we're just praying over this lady. And then I say, amen. And she said, amen. She looked at me and she smiled. And she goes, I don't know what I'm going to see. See you in heaven one day. And I was like, I'll see you in heaven one day. Somebody say new. Now. Okay. In John chapter 2. Jesus is at the wedding of Cana, Cana. Of Galilee. Galilee means circle or circuit. Jesus did a circuit ministry around Galilee. And he's there in Cana or Cana. And Cana was not fully interpreted properly because I don't know why they're focused on something, but they call it the land of reeds. And there's a reed in Cana or Cana that's there. But if you go into the Greek of Cana, the name Cana, it actually means seat of government. Okay? It means seat of government. It means a governmental position. 
And so in the circuit of Galilee, there was a seat of government. And if Jesus was going to release his ministry, according to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, his name shall be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. <laughs> was it? The Prince, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase and of the government, the increase of his kingdom and government, there should be upon his shoulders. Sorry, I'm misquoting this right now. But the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his kingdom there shall be no end, etc., etc. But the government in that region, Jesus arrives on the scene at a wedding. It starts with the wedding. It ends with the wedding. It starts with the wedding. It ends with the wedding. <laughs> it's like you got these bookends. And everything else in between is a feast. And here he is. He arrives in the earth. And he releases his ministry. His first miracle. In the seat of government in the earth. At a wedding. And they run out of wine. By the way, Cana was in the land of Asher. The portion of Asher. And Asher means happy. And what does wine do to some people? Okay, I'll leave it there. But he's at this wedding, and they run out. They run out of wine. One of the things the Lord began to speak to me about today was to ask somebody a question. What have you run out of? Wine speaks of the Holy Spirit, the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And so what have you run out of? And so his mother Mary... Come on, somebody. Steps on the scene. If you read it in Aramaic, it's very interesting because she's like, yeah, I know somebody who can change this wedding, this party. I know somebody who can, who can, who can fix this situation. Jesus, my son. And he, he, there's this interesting exchange in English, English that is we, we read. He says, what does this concern me? But if you read it in the Aramaic, there's a little bit more going on in the conversation, even the Greek, but the Aramaic even more, where you look and basically Jesus is saying, okay, lady, can I just break it down into Patrick Kitely vernacular, okay? Okay, lady, you're my mother. I appreciate that. I honor that. But what you're trying to do right now by telling everybody I can do this is going to affect me a whole lot more than it affects you. Because basically my ministry's been in hiding and now you're causing me to step out into the open mother. What's up, mama? You know what I'm saying? And she, she's pulling something. Come on, somebody. He's in the governmental seat, the government upon his shoulders, and she's pulling on something in him that he's never stepped into before. Jesus. Ooh, three people going to get that. You see, I think there's a few Marys. They got to put a pole on something. I'll leave that right there. But they're having this conversation, and it's amazing because he's looking at his like, Mom, like, why are you exposing me? And she doesn't even bother to even answer her son, Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, question. You read that verse on your own. She doesn't even bother. She just says, 
to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Woo, come on, somebody. Do whatever he tells you to do. And so he's like, well, I guess this is it. We're stepping into this. And so go ahead. There's six pots right here. Six represents the number of men. Man was created on the sixth day. And they're stone. Come on, somebody. And like the scripture says, he's going to turn the heart of stone into a heart of flesh. But I'll leave that alone. And he said, they were filled. He said, fill them with water. You don't have any wine, so fill them with water. Sometimes you have to understand that water in the Bible represents the word. Woo. And so what the word does is it fills the empty space. And it makes way for the miracle for the wine of the Holy Spirit to be released. What is the element that brings forth the wine? It's the water of the word. If you're in a meeting and there's no word, come on, somebody. I don't mind times of refreshing. I'm not getting away from that. But if you're just in, a, in an atmosphere where just splish and splash in the river all day long and there's no word, guess what? You're going you're, you're gonna to be spiritual infants. There's something about the word. But he fills six, man, with the word. Come on, somebody. And he says, draw it up. And give it to the master. Give it to the man. If you look at that word master, who is seated as governor in this place. The governor ah, is about to give wine to the governor. Come on, somebody. The governor of heaven. Somebody's going to catch this. Says, I'm going to release water and make it wine and release it to the governor in the in the earth. Somebody's catching this. He said, I need you to get a taste of something because there's a banquet that's going on. There's a service that's going on. There's a meeting that's going on. And somehow things have run out. Come on, somebody. And so I got to bring back the water. I got to bring back the word to bring back the revelation, to bring back the godly insight, to bring back this thing that is going to be the element that releases the miraculous. That's about to change this whole party. Come on, somebody. And flip it upside down. And so he says, draw ah, from them these, 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 these six pots and give the master, the governor, this drink. He's like, wait a second. This is not water. This is wine. But this isn't that cheap stuff from CVS. This isn't the stuff they give at the end of the party. This is the stuff that they give at the beginning of the party. And he makes this statement. It's very interesting. He says, this good wine. In fact, I'm going to read it from the scripture straight. Because it's too good. It's verse 10 of John chapter 2. And he said to them, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, underline drunk, 
than the inferior. You have kept the good wine. What do you think? Until now. New? Now. Somebody catch this. New? Now. now. If you can, right where you're at, now we're going to go into some practice here for a moment. Just for one moment. Then we're going to have Pastor Garland come up. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to move in with some oil. I even have water here. Who knows what's going to happen? Water and oil. And see what God would say here tonight. But right where you're at, I just want you just to close your eyes just for a moment. Just lift your hands if you want to or stretch them out, whatever you're comfortable with. But there's something God is doing. I want you to just sense the weightiness of what he's doing right now. There's some things that have been dormant. There's some things that have been spoken. There's some things that you've been waiting for. There's some things that have been freeze-framed. There's some things that feel like they've been held up. And then God comes along and he says, enough of that. There's some things that come from the past that have shaped paradigms, ideas, thought, concepts, creativity. They've hampered creativity. They've hampered identity. And they've held you back from being fully and holy who you're supposed to be in God. And then God arrives. He comes on the scene. And he says, new now, can you imagine what it was like for Bartimaeus to come on the scene? And Jesus is on the road, and he heals him right now. The key word of the book of Mark is ethos or euthos. It means immediately. It means now. The whole book of Mark, 42 times, he uses the word now. It's like a hammer that strikes on a sword in the blacksmith shop that has been in the fire and shapes it now and it drops new now what has been held up what you've been praying for interceding for crying for loved ones children people who've walked away from the lord it's time to ask again it's time to seek again it's time to knock again it's time to press again. It's time to rejoice again. It's time to laugh again. It's time to dance again. It's time to praise again. New. Now, I want you to sense the weightiness. Because things are shifting. Things are changing. You go back to your states, to your cities, to your homes, to your jobs. And there's a shift that's taking place in the natural dimension that happened here at break away the blizzard breakaway awaken the sound there's something that's shifted there's something that's changed now <sighs> things are different the air is different <sighs> even your perspective of things is changing now the grass is going to be a little greener the sky is going to be a little bluer whoo god's got god, god's, god's even balancing your system right now I just see even people's bodies, in your bodies, he's balancing things supernaturally. 
hormones are being balanced in Jesus' name. Sleep is being restored now in Jesus' name. Your ability to be restored is being is being restored in Jesus' name. Your hope is being restored. I just kept hearing this while we were worshiping tonight. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a it's a wellspring of life. There's some hopes that have been deferred, <laughs> detoured, delayed. And God says, guess what? I'm changing things up right now. There's been disappointment that you've had. <sighs> Even in church. Even with preachers and ministers from the past. God's brought you to a place where he's like, I want you to be healthy. Healthy people in healthy churches who are going to bring health to the city. <laughs> Proverbs 11, 11, by the influence of the upright, a city shall be exalted. There's something that takes place, something that changes in a city, in an environment when God brings health and strength to his people. I want you to feel the weightiness of this moment. I want you to feel the weightiness and understand that it's not just a regular time. This is a time of prophetic fulfillment. Woo, come on, somebody. This is a time of prophetic fulfillment. And so I want you to feel the weightiness of this moment because, because this is not just a regular time. You look at the things that are going on in the world right now. This is not a, just a regular time. I know, I know, I'm not, I know I'm speaking here, but I got to lay some things down in this room because it's not a regular time. The nations are shaking right now. The earth is crying. Creation is groaning and longing and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. People who know how to cry, Abba, Father, who are connected to their Father God. And he's raising the people up in this time who are going to be an answer for even creation's cry. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon them. So just lift up your hands or stretch them out or do whatever you want. But I'm just going to pray. And then Pastor Garland's going to come and I'm going to come back. And say, I like this because there's no music. Because I don't want to be emotionally moved. Like Spurgeon said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by Jesus. And so sometimes we can have our emotional triggers. But God just says, I'm, I pulled them off for the night. I'm not trying to move you emotionally. I'm trying to move you spiritually. And sometimes the spiritual move of God doesn't just make you just have a funny, fuzzy feeling. It's just a shift that takes place. And you feel it in your spirit and things change and things are different. And that's what I feel in the spirit tonight. This is not fuzzy. Come on now. It's not funny little Pentecostal feelings that we feel, charismatic feelings. Woo! This is just a shift that's taking place in the spirit. There's a shift taking place in your life right now. I declare it in Jesus' name. There's an authority in this room right now. Things might have been headed one way, but God says, I'm shifting it now. I'm changing things up, and I'm putting and aligning things up so we can go in the right direction. Ooh, somebody's feeling the weight of this right now. There's a weightiness in the spirit here tonight. It's deep here. It's moving. It's, it's, just, it's something that's been stirring all weekend, and now God's bringing verbiage to it, language to it, and manifestation to it. So let me try and pray for you because that's what I'm trying to do, but it just keeps flowing. Is this okay? It's it's only it's it's not even midnight yet. It's it's only 9:48. My gosh, you're just about to watch the next episode of House Hunters. 
Property Brothers or Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives or Pawn Stars or Modern Marvels. It's just coming up, but we don't, you don't need that right now. What you need is what's in here right now because things are changing. There's a shift that's taking place in the spirit. So, Lord, I thank you for my sisters and my brothers in this room. I thank you for what you're doing. You're saying, remember not the former things. And so we cut those things off right now in Jesus' name. We let them go. Because you are doing a new thing. And we embrace what you're doing in this moment with everything that's within us, our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. We embrace what you're doing, the new now. On the count of three, let's just say new now, okay? And then and I'm going to give it to Pastor Garland. New Oh, one, two, three, new, now. There's a heaviness that's in here right now. I don't know if you feel it. I know you do feel it, but we need to value that. You know, there's a lot of things that we pass by and a lot of things don't matter. But in this moment, it matters. It matters what you feel. It matters how you perceive it. Don't, don't look at what you're feeling right now through the lens of your history past. The word says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But it's interesting how that we have been engaged to look at everything through the lens of our history past. Let's turn that loose right now. And let's be that new creature that is in Christ Jesus and let him work deep down in our soul and change us. It's it's one thing, it's one thing to be in a service and feel a goosebump. It's a whole different ball game when you allow that spirit that brushed your shoulders to give you that goosebump, to get inside of you, deep down where that it becomes a part of you. There's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul begins to lay this thing out and says, you know, the key to it is being in Christ and letting Christ be in you. You know, I, I told I told Prophet just before we come in tonight while we were eating lunch today, and I said, look, give me a moment before you start ministering to people personally because we want to receive an offering. In the, and there's twofold reason. I wanted, I wanted you to hear him before we gave so you know what you're giving into. But I also don't want to interrupt the flow that when he kicks into that next level, to interrupt it, he's, he's not worried about the offering. I am. And the reason, the reason that I am is because in every exchange, both have to do their part. And when I release what's in my hand, then what's in the atmosphere that's now floating around in here, I can receive the fullness of it, not a portion of it, 
I want every bit of it. This is, this is the moment we need to, to kick into that greediness where I'm greedy for God's power in my life and whatever it takes for me to get what I need. Now, let me say this. You're not buying anything. What you're doing is a spiritual act of releasing what's in your hand to bless the man of God and his family. But the spiritual consequences of it, we talk about consequences in a negative way a lot of times, but the spiritual consequences when you give spiritually, not out of necessity and not out of manipulation. There's so many people that manipulate people for money today. And it's sad to say there's a lot of shysters in ministry. But we're going to make a good conscious decision based on the word of God. Give and it shall be given to you. Press down. I'm going to tell you there's some things that's pressed down in here tonight. It's like that zip file in your computer that you've just downloaded. You've received a zip file and it's about to be opened. It's about to be opened. And when it's open, you have access to all of it. Not just a portion of it, but all of it. So I want you to give tonight. I want you to give with a cheerful heart. That's what the word says. Give with a cheerful heart, not out of necessity and not out of manipulation. If you feel like we're manipulating you, don't give anything. But if you feel like we're sincere with what we're doing here because it's a spiritual event, I want you to give what God says to you to give. Ushers are coming. They have an envelope. If you would just, if you're wanting credit for tax purposes at some point, write your name, your address. If you write a check to Praise Church, just Praise Church. And uh, we'll give him one check. <clears throat> and then I'm going to tell you the writings of his dad are tremendous writings. You need to go by and get those books. We do have some of uh, Charlie's CDs there. And I need somebody uh, to work that for me. Who's doing that? Vita? Okay, good. $10 a book. Yeah, come on up here. Hey, uh, Brother Kiley, where is he? I think it was two years ago when, when Dad was there. Y'all was selling a stack of books. It's phenomenal. I read The Truth of the Economy, Truth About the Economy by Fasal Malik, and y'all had changed my entire view on money, finances, on business, on tithing, on giving. It talked about the overpouring of how the actual uh, true manifestation of the dollar, the currency, whatever it is, the, the yen, everything, everything that has to do with the actual money. It's meant for God. It's meant for the kingdom of God. And if that you put a true meaning behind every dollar that you spend, putting it in back into the kingdom of God, how it will never, ever run short. You'll never have to worry about where it's coming from because the true purpose behind it is coming from your heart and what you're giving it into. The book's phenomenal. Look it up on Amazon. I don't know if you guys still have it. Yeah, but I've read it twice. 
it's that good of a book. I just wanted to give a testimony. When they are actually selling books, buy the books, pour into them, make them. It's called The Truth of the Economy, Truth About the Economy by Fasal Malik. Excellent book. All right, just wanted to that. That's one of our businessmen in the church. Not one business, not two businesses, but got four he's got. And uh, expanding all the time. And this is the coolest thing. He's teaching his son to do the same thing. Teaching him how to invest. He has his own account. Tremendous athlete. I already have signed cards of his baseball and football. Every year I get a signed card. One day, y'all gonna hear about him in the college arena and in the professional arena. And I'm gonna say, I'm related to him. Amen. Amen. You ready to give? Whenever ushers come with the baskets, oh, y'all already, y'all already gave. You want to give again? Look, I'm convinced that we're in the double portion season. Come on, brother. Are you enjoying this? I'm gonna tell you, I'm so glad. In I turned around to John Ortiz. I said. This is my favorite right here, this guy. Because he takes the word and he breaks it down for us. Not to just hear it, but to make it applicable to our own life. That when you walk out of here, you don't just have a prophetic word about a nation. You don't just have a prophetic word about what's going on. But now you have something to fight with to bring those things into existence. We love you, man. You're awesome, brother. Oh, it's fun. It's fun having my wife and my daughter here with you all, too. Um, somebody say new now. I'm telling you, there's something. I, I, is it just me? I just feel a weightiness. Um, it's it's thick, yeah. It's, it's, it's like uh, there's a shift taking place um, in this room. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I don't have any plans. Um, and that's the way I like it. So that's why sometimes I'm flying one way, I'll fly another way. Just flow with me. <laughs> um, Joshua was looking at you, and you talk about the new now. Um, there's a, a shift coming to you once again, I seen in the spirit. Um, everything you've been trained for that you do God's gonna bring even a bigger picture to you beyond the task beyond the to-do list beyond the job description or the job title you've moved in steps but now you're gonna move in dimensions and the only way I can describe that is when I came up the stairs to the stage, took a step, took a step, took a step to get to another dimension. But God is enlarging your steps where you're just going to step over steps and 
and step into new dimensions. And one of the things in the spiritual dimension God's giving you a passion for, and I see you diving deep into this and even modeling this, is you have a passion for placement of God's people. As Ephesians 4 reveals, I am prophesying, by the way. I just talk to people sometimes. However, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the mood of the Spirit is, but I'm just talking to you here. Um, the passion of placement of God's people, Ephesians 4, um, the scripture talks about every joint supplies, that every single part of the body supplies the whole. You can't have one without the other. You need everything. You need every one to be the entire body. And I just see that in this season, God's giving you a passion for placement and a passion for people to be in the right place in the body and to help them discover it. It's what I like to call prophecy 2.0. It's nice to get a prophetic word, but now we got to go do something with it and we got to apply it and place it. And I just see you just saying, and just God using you like just this person who just helps place people in their place over here, over, you need to be a part of this, this, what does your word say? You need to be a part of this. And it builds the house. It creates a net for the harvest that God wants to bring. And it brings people into a place of fulfillment. It brings people into a place where they're not just occupying seats on Sunday morning, but they're actually a part of the body. And not only placement in the church, but placement in their placements in their sphere of influence, helping people understand who they're called to be and what they're called to do in their world. And God's going to use you like a, a, you know, as a lid lifter, as somebody who lids, just releases the lid off of people um, in their journey. Because there's a whole lot of people who want to do a whole lot of things for God in their world. And they say yes and amen to what we're talking about. But they need somebody to come along and not only tell them the times and seasons, but what Israel ought to do. And so you have the what Israel ought to do wisdom that God's putting in you. And he's placing an anointing that is just different than we can just make a job description for in the church world. It's a passion and it's an anointing that God will use you to, for, to lead people into a place where they're going to step into fulfillment of the purpose of God for their lives and not just going to continue going in 2020 T-O-O, but they're actually going to land in T-O, a place of destination where they're going to move in their purpose in God. And so God's just allowing this anointing to come upon you because there are kingdom anointings that are going to be matched up with kingdom assignments. Because everyone in this room, if you're breathing right now, you have an assignment. Like it or not, recognize it or not, or in it or not, the reason you're breathing is you have an assignment. And when your assignment's done, you go home. Does that sound too brutal? I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And so, unfortunately, a lot of people go throughout life not knowing their assignment, not moving in their assignment fully. And so, you know, I don't want to get to heaven and him just say, half done, my good and faithful servant. You know, and so I say, I think we're in an era and a time frame in the church where God's bringing revelation and understanding of servants who are going to be well done. They're going to do it well done. And not just like a burger, not just like a hamburger, but well done, my good and faithful servant. And it's like there's an anointing being released upon you in this time for kingdom anointings, kingdom callings, kingdom talents, kingdom assignments to be lined up with their kingdom purpose so we can see this thing move. See, God's aligning his church, church. He's aligning his people, church. 
He's aligning us in this moment, in this hour, to be the church. And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall receive, you shall be. You shall receive, you shall be. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm still prophesying. It's okay. You shall receive, you shall be. It's amazing how God had to get them out of Jerusalem through persecutions so they can do Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. It's amazing how God will push us into our assignment because we're limited to one place. And in fact, that's a, that's a prophetic word for somebody in this room right now. That God is opening up your sphere of influence. He's opening up and he's widening whoo, your reach. He's, he's causing your reach to extend in this time frame. Somebody take that right now because that's something I feel in my spirit. The other thing the Lord spoke to me about this afternoon was he's breaking off two things off this house. And the first thing is this, is the, 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 the witchcraft. It's like, you know, it's like Spurgeon used to talk about this, I believe, and Paul talked about it. You know, that whole the scripture in Acts where it's like, you know, Paulus, we know, Paul, we know, but who are you? And there's a whole thing about your names are known in hell. It's, it's Ravenhill. Ravenhill. He said, your name is known in hell. And the Lord spoke to me and said, your names are known in hell. And your names are known in the demonic, demonic principality that's over New Orleans and Louisiana and Baton Rouge and Gonzales. Your names are known. If you, if you were harmless, just little kittens, then you wouldn't be known. If you weren't anointed, then you wouldn't be known. If you didn't pray the way you prayed and serve the way you've served for decades, you wouldn't be known. And so guess what? There are, I saw this and I know I'm aware of this in the whole, in the satanic church and in witchcraft, they will fast and pray for the demise of pastors and their families and their churches. And so there have been, and the Lord, Lord told me, he said, I'm going to break those curses. And false alliances in witchcraft partnering with the demonic realm. And so the Lord says, I'm breaking that now. Watch that. He's breaking that right now. And that warfare that it just seemed like there's a certain type of warfare that is so prolonged that you get used to it. It's so protracted that we just kind of just, we just sit there and just like, okay, this is just the way it is. But God just comes and he says, you know what? I'm breaking this thing. So we're dealing with some heavy stuff here. You, you, you want a weighty anointing, there's a weighty anointing in this room. And he says, I'm breaking that the, the literally decades of fasting and demonic counter prayer that's been spoken against you and assignments against you and arrows. I, I just see arrows nonstop. <laughs> Relentless. Just nonstop. And you've had the shield and and but it's 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 it can get exhausting and wearisome. It, it talks about being weary and well doing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're doing well and you're doing well well doing, but at the same time it's tiring. 
And but the Lord just coming, and what He's doing is He's 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 breaking this thing off now. And I don't know how else to say it, but there's a particular one in that satanic dimension, the witchcraft dimension, that has has been committed to it, and the Lord's breaking that 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 right down. That even I'm I'm trying to be kind, but it, that 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 person with that assignment that has been moving in that, it's either change or hasta la vista. And I'm I know I'm I know I'm dealing in a serious dimension here in the spirit, but the Lord's ha he's just like this, the, the, the foot has come down enough. You know what I'm saying? Like we talked about earlier, enough is enough because the Lord's lifting the lid off of the ministry. And the other thing he's breaking is this because it's another, it's another dimension. And that is, is that the words that have been spoken who where people, not witches and warlocks, but people have come into agreement with the the word of Satan and the word of the demonic against you all, even church folk, even ministry. And so there's two things he's breaking because I'm telling you, the lid's coming off and it's not going to be like it was. It's going to be better. And it's going to be... And, and, and better isn't always, we think, the way we think it. Better is, it's, 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 it's Mary pushing Jesus into, <laughs> he's pressing him into, this, into the release of the ministry. He's been carrying this for 30 years. And then all of a sudden, mama comes along and is like, you got to step into this. There's a need right here. You're stepping into a, a, a water anointing. And then you're going to step into a wine anointing. And I said, this, is, this word's for the house. I'm telling you right now, new now. And so the Lord's breaking off those things, those curses, and even those false prophecies. He's breaking those things off, and he's saying enough is enough. And what has tried to come against your health, what has tried to come against your family, what has tried to come against your finances, all those things. God's breaking those limitations off this night. This is weighty. I'm telling you, it's very weighty what we're dealing in here in the spirit. He's breaking the power of both those things after decade, after decade, after decade. Where you sit there and go, well, I guess the way it is. And God's like, no, it's not the way it is. It's not the way it's going to be. Behold, I do it. A new thing, and now it shall spring forth. And so, Lord, break because we're dealing with we're dealing with Babylon and Egypt. We're dealing with two different dimensions here, and God's breaking those things right now, in Jesus' name. The witchcraft and the the, the curses and the words and the things and people rejoicing in your demise. The Lord's breaking that right now. And there's going to be some people coming back to repent to you. And there's some people who are not. And they have to deal with Jesus. Judgment seat of Christ Jesus. I mean, we're, we're dealing in a serious manner here, okay? This is not regular, you know, bless me club here, prophecy here. I'm not dealing with that right now. You know what I'm saying? Where God loves you and he wants you to live your best life now. I love that. 
But the thing is, though, it's like we have we there's there's it's like it feels like time has like taken a huge jump. It's like accelerated. I don't know how else to say it, but I'm a Marvel guy. And so Dr. Strange just turns the wheel of time and things just speed up. Um, sorry, that's just my Marvel. Don't Marvel by it. It will be Marvel. But it's like something has like accelerated. We've seen it over the last, I mean, you talk about COVID, you talk about something has changed in the earth, which we all are very aware of prophetically. So we don't have time to sit here and say, you know, God loves you and you're going to be a really nice Christian. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and just pity pat. It's like, no, no, we're dealing with principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in high places. And things have to shift. And so, so, so I'm in here on assignment and saying off of family lines, generational curses are being broken now. Enough. You, you, you don't have time to waste. You need to move in your anointings, your giftings, your callings. And so what's on your, been on your children and try to hold them back and blind them or whatever it might be, God's just saying, I'm going to lift that thing off now. I heard your prayers. I've heard your cry. Let me lift that thing off right now because they have a purpose. They have an assignment. And the work of the enemy is being broken now in Jesus' name. See, we're dealing with some heavy stuff here. Is this okay? It's, it, 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 it's like, it's like <laughs> we're in a, in, a, in, a, in a meeting of of generals. We're in a meeting like the United Nations in this conference here. It's like, it's like each one of you seat in different spheres of influence and we're coming together as as one in this room we come together as a group a company and god says i'm bringing you into your assignment in a season so there's some people it's like you talk about your healing we're going to put some oil on you god wants to heal you so that doesn't no longer a distraction to you so you can move in what you're supposed to move in two people okay because i'm reading my bible and I'm, I'm reading jesus and they come to jesus and it's like they all come to him and says and everyone was healed. You go into the old covenant and it says about Israel in the wilderness, not one among them was feeble. Not one among them was sick in the in a lesser covenant. We're in a better covenant. And so there's something that we have to press into in the kingdom and receive this because Jesus said this again. Then he says, and he says, and then you've seen all these things that I've done. Well, greater works you are going to do if i go to the father i'm going to release something called the holy spirit and so and so god just tonight says i'm breaking off the witchcraft assignments the curses the incantations the fasting the time that they've spent the prayer it will have no effect i put a supernatural covering of the blood over you and this house and your family in jesus name and i break the power of that and i shut it down and the lord says i also am coming and those voices that wanted to see your demise those job's friends that tried to come in and speak and bring discouragement but you kept on moving you kept on going the Lord says, I'm silenced in the power of those words because some of those words hurt. You know, you look at the, the treatment of, 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 of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm teaching and prophesying and preaching and weaving in and out here. I might even do a salvation call by the time we're done. I don't know. 
is just all of the above in this anointing. But you look at that whole thing where it says, you know, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. See, this is, this is a meeting. This is a United Nations meeting of people sitting in seats. But guess what? We're not alone. There are angels here that are surrounding this room. And you have angels that are signed to you that are here. But also, there's a great cloud of witnesses. One named Abraham. One named Sarah. And you have all these different ones who they've gone before us. Since you are surrounded by a great cloud, you are encircled by a great cloud of witnesses. He says, lay us, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. And that word weight is very interesting treatment. Have you seen this before? That word weight actually speaks of arrowheads that are lodged in the back where the stem has been removed, but they couldn't remove the arrowhead. And so the weights that they were carrying were shots that were fired. And they embedded themselves and you carry them around. But I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, I'm supernaturally, surgically removing the weights of words and arrows. I'm, I know I'm taking my time with you all, but I just sense this is a breakthrough in the Spirit because the anointing in Psalm 133 flows from the top of Aaron's head, flows down his beard and to his skirt. And so there's a gravity to the anointing. Where the anointing, it flows from the top down and guess what when the anointing flows upon their heads it it comes upon your heads because that's spiritual order and protocol somebody's alive up in here and so i'm telling you right now there are things and, I, and i'm going to move in this room and this with you with every there's certain ones in this room maybe even everyone i don't know but there, there's certain ones where there's weights from arrowheads that have been lodged that God is removing surgically tonight. Whoo, you're going to feel, there's an anointing coming on you. I'm going to get my oil. Because there's an anointing coming upon you where there's a, how do I say it like this? There's a weightiness and a weightlessness coming to you at the same time. So you look at, I'm prophesying still. I can say that, say it the Lord. Okay, if you want me to, or play, we can play some music. But this is, this is the prophetic flowing. Where David says in Psalms 3, because I want you to understand what's happening here, because I'm going to bring this oil over here, where he says, Lord, how many have increased who trouble me? Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But you, O oh Lord are to shield for me, and here's your phrase, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. So what happens at one in one motion is glory in the Hebrew is kabod, and it means weightiness. And then he says, I lift your head, which represents weightlessness. So I'm lifting the weights that you no longer need to carry. Woo! But I'm going to allow my weightiness to be the thing that you carry. And so it's new and it's now. 
And so I'm going to put some oil on you because there is a weightlessness coming. You're not carrying this anymore. The ministry's changing. It's moving to its next dimension. Whoo! There's a sound that's coming forth from the house. And even in the areas of worship and young people and children and couples and families and the cries of your heart where you feel like, Lord, we feel like we're deficient. We don't have this. We don't have that. God says, I'm taking that stuff away now because I'm sending the people to the house that are not going to just be able to do the ministry, but they're going to be faithful in ministry. And so I'm going to put this oil on you, and there is a weightlessness and a weightiness coming upon you at the same time. Hold this mic. I'm just trying to get as much oil on my hands as possible. I heard Psalm 126, when the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion, it was like a dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Mm. And our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. And we responded back, yes, the Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south, for they that goeth forth in weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves. The fruit, bringing the harvest. And I want you to hear this word, as I feel in my spirit strong, bringing the legacy. Israel would come back from the harvest field waving the wheat, the sheaves. And I see the two of you waving the legacy. Look what God has done. Look at the harvest God has brought. God was faithful to what he spoke to us. Did everything he said he was going to do. And so the shift takes place right now. 
In Jesus' name. <laughs> There's some people in this room. And I only want you to stand, not just because, you know, I'm asking you or provoking you to stand or begging for you to stand. If there was something in this weight word, this arrow's lodged, that just bear wit bore witness with your journey, just stand because we're gonna God's doing a, a, a work right now. Just stand. It might not be everybody. It just needs to be the right ones. There it is. Lord, I thank you. My brother, my sister's here. You know the weight that they've been carrying, the arrows that have been shot, the pain that was inflicted. Lord, I thank you now that you're lifting it off right now. You're just removing. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Death has been swallowed up in victory. Whew, there's something that's being swallowed up right now that has tried to come up against you for years. And the power of that thing is being broken. And that weight that you've been carrying around is being removed right now in Jesus' name. There it is. There it is. Somebody say, I receive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes. What's your name? Let me lay hands on you, bro. Lord, I thank you Woo. for this tender-hearted young man who loves you with all his heart. I know your journey has been rough. God's made you tough. Tough skin, they say, tender-hearted. You got a tender heart, but you, 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 you can take a lot. And Lord's going to use you to bring freedom to others. And tonight, the Lord just says, even in your mind, even in your self-perception, he just lifts Every limiting factor, every limiting voice, every limiting experience, every limiting relationship, the power of those things in your life is being lifted off right now. Whew. And that weightlessness is coming upon people in this room right now. It comes upon you, my brother, where purpose is being clarified now. Purpose leads to focus and focus bears fruit and so your purpose and your dreams are not dumb they're not stupid they're your dreams and some people might misunderstand you and even disappointed you <clears throat> and you just felt like they don't get it but God's put dreams inside you, and they're not your dreams. They're his dreams he imparted in you. He dreams about you, and he puts them inside you. You wake up from your dream, and you realize this is God's dream. And so God brings you to a place of purpose where you're not going to wander anymore. You're not going to just go in circles, stay in maintenance mode. But you're moving into a place, my brother, 
where you're going to move forward. And so do it. Step into it. And don't look back. Don't look back. That was the word tonight. Don't look back. Unfortunately, there's whole groups of people, whole movements that are going to be, they do this all, the, the Lot's wife thing. But continuing to look back, and God's like, well, you're just going to stay right here. Salt. But God's raising up people who are not looking back. And you're not going to look back. And you're not going to be held back. And every word that's been spoken to hold you back and define you and identify you, and say you're this and you're not that, being broken now in Jesus' name. You are God's son. You are God's child. You are redeemed. You are chosen. You are set free. You are mighty, Gideon. You are powerful. And God's raising you up. He's raising you up in this hour to be a mighty one who are going to lead many people to him. Because they're going to see if he can do it for you, he can do it for them. And it's real for you. It could be real for them. And so your relationship with God in this time frame is going deeper. Who mm -hmm. it's going deeper. You're not just going to hear just the word from the pulpit. You're going to hear God's word in your daily life because he's going to speak to you. He's opening up your ears now. And so let me put my hand on your ears because there's, a, there's an impartation happening where he opens up your ears to hear the sound of his voice. There it is. There it is. So move, my brother. Move in it. Move forward. Step in it and see what God's going to do. Blessings. Blessings, bro. Blessings. 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 And, by the way, turn back. Hold on. And God's going to give you specific anointing for hard heads. Dif difficult cases. What Acts chapter 3 says, certain lame men whom everybody knows. God's going to use you to catch big fish in the kingdom. Because the people that you touch are going to touch a whole lot of people. And so it's just like the favor that's on your life. It's just, it's nuts, man. It's cray-cray. It's like, whoo, you got favor. And you haven't even opened that up, stepped into that, because God is aligning you again with your purpose. And even your dreams, uh, you know, even educationally, you know, where it's like, it's like this limitation has been put on you this far and no further. And you've actually thought, could I go further? Yeah, you can. So God just takes that away now and says, dream it, do it, become it. He's going to be with you all the way. And you step into that, put your hand out, one hand, and the Lord says, I'm going to finance your future. I'm going to finance your future. So finances, money, all that stuff, God's going to put the right people around you so you know how to handle that and do it right. He'll put the right, in fact, the right people in this room right now for you to learn how to do it right. And so that limitation of money that's tried to be on your family is being broken right now in Jesus' name. And so he's going to, he's going to bless you because you're going to bless others and your cup's going to overflow. Blessings. I'm going to stop looking at him. I think keep looking at him, more is going to come. <laughs> oh, man. 
I, I, I keep moving prophetically, but I got to have that oil back because there was somebody they said they were praying for a heart. And I just want to pray for some. Did you step out? Okay, well, we'll wait for him to come back then. Um, we'll just move into. I just believe there's healing in this room. Um, I mean, I am myself, I'm believing for some things in my body, for some healings, for some stuff that's been protracted for many years and then stuff that's even newer. And I'm just, I was listening to the story of Bo Rasmussen, that kid right there sitting on the front row. This is what I used to do. I'd sit in the front row and color, sometimes make a little noise, get in trouble. But I was under the fountain of the prophetic, and I don't know if you want to call it prophetic osmosis, but eventually I get older and older. It was one ear listening in while another ear, whatever I was doing, playing, doing what I was doing in the front row. Because I was allowed to be in that environment where, what do they say, there's no junior Holy Spirit? But I heard a story of Bo laying hands on his baby brother. They told me today, I think it was today, we were at some place called the local goat. Anyone ever a local goat? <laughs> Josh said to me walking in, he says, we're sheep going into a, a goat's restaurant. I'm printing a t-shirt right now that says the greatest of all time was a lamb, not a goat. You know, I might do it in this with a long sleeve. I'm gonna see. My daughter's designing it right now. I have a few t-shirts. I have sayings. But Bo prayed for his little brother. And I don't know the, all the details. I just remember the punchline. He's praying for his, what's his name? Blaze? BL? Sorry, I'm just I'm just oil in my hand. What? Blaze? Really? Like the pizza? Oh my gosh, that's that's a name. Sorry, I'm just there's an anointing in this room. I can't. And Bo lays hands on him. What was wrong with him? He was crying and he was doing something. Oh, spitting, spitting up. And you, my brother, with the Super Mario hat on, laid hands on your brother. And you said, in the name of Jesus, heal him. Something you said. And then he said, that's it. He's healed. I'm like... We need to get to that level right there. We think that's like down here. That's 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 the greatest in the kingdom right there. That's great faith. That's great faith. That's a that's it. He's healed. Let's move on. Next, next, bring the next one. Bring the next. That's, I mean, that's his anointing on his life. Just bring the next one. And then bring the next bus in. Bring the next conference in. Woo! Come on, that's on him. Bo knows. Ooh. Oh, come. 
please. Absolutely. What? Absolutely. Let's do this together. What is your practice? Primary care. Okay. 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 PT. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to have you, somebody here, you or you explain to us what's going on. And the reason is because in Philippians 2, we have to name this thing because there's a name that's above every other name. And so it's good to know the name of particular conditions and say it in the earth so that we can see it manifested from heaven into the earth. So how old are you, man? 14. What's your age? I mean, what's your name? Sorry. I don't know what. I'm, I'm having Holy Spirit amnesia here today. Jet, like J, Chief Jack, go Jack. Okay, I thought he said Jet. I was like, that's a cool name to Blaze Jet. Yeah. So what is? What they they say he has Wolf Parkinson's white syndrome. Okay, and it's very rare. It says here. Okay, so you're very rare. So I got the oil. And then we got the medical team here, and I'm going to lay hands on you and then have them lay hands on you because we're going to partner together in this because miracles and medicine work together. And I'm a strong believer in that. When God uses doctors, he uses medicine, he uses it all. It all comes from him anyway. And so even the doctor's ability to even say what this is, what do you call it again? WPW. So we name it right now. We, name, we say the name of it, WPW, because there's a name that's above that name. It's the name of Jesus. And so I'm going to anoint you with oil, and then we'll have these medical people pray for you. And we're going to join our faith together and believe what is impossible with man is possible with God. It's possible. So in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Jack. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are creator of this body, of every cell in this body. And, Lord, you know him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord. You know him from the inside out. You know every part of his being. And tonight, Lord, we come together as the family of God, and we lay hands on Jack. We stretch our hands towards him. We stretch our faith towards him. And we believe that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken his body now. In the name of Jesus, touch this heart. Remove this syndrome. I'm going to hand the, the microphone off to these doctors. We're going to pray for you. Thank you, Father, for touching Jack's heart. We speak to the circuitry of his heart, God, that you would bring it into alignment the way you made him to be. We pray that you would touch him with your life, your very light, that it would shine in him and through him, and that your heart would touch him, Father God, that he would have a piece of your heart not only to heal him, to give him a testimony and touch others, Father God. Use him in a mighty way. Strengthen his heart. We come against this WPW in the name of Jesus. We thank you that it has to bow before you. And we give you the glory, God. God, I ask you to heal his heart and reset the electrical current 
that's mismatched and not going the way it's supposed to go. Gotta ask you to give them a testimony to give to others to tell his family. his heart Father, we speak healing. We speak life. We speak restoration. We speak wholeness. By the blood of Jesus, and in the name of Jesus. God, thank you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for grace. Thank you for restoration in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for a great report, a great testimony. I was, I was pulling up a picture. This girl, Malia, I think she's like 13. We were in San Angelo, Texas two, two weeks ago, two weekends ago, and... Um, she was in the hospital for 63 days, and um, we prayed for her, and God healed her to the point where they, they thought she was going to pass last but in that week before the meetings, and she was still hanging on. But right after that, they sent me this day 63, prayed, and she said, she, it says on this sign, I'm going home. And God healed her um, during that conference. And so I just thank God for the testimony right now of Jack's story, Lord God, of how he came here and hands were laid on him by medical and ministry together and what you did in his life. I just thank you, Lord, for him. No fear, no fear, no fear, just joy. Amen. Good to meet you, brother. Good to meet you. Amen. Good to meet you. Awesome. It's wild. I get around the medical people. I feel like family. It's um, I was like, I see these people. I'm like, man, I, I talk to doctors like almost daily in different parts of the country. And so, I, you know, I've been in the ministry. My family's ministry, medical and military. And so my, my, my grandfather was a doctor in the, in the Canadian Royal Air Force. And so somehow that kind of got passed on. And then there's this ministry thing, eight generations and then military, multiple generations as well. So it's like, I got the three M's, you know, it's like three M. Uh, but uh, wow, it's just amazing to see people in the medical field praying the faith, laying hands on people. Um, that's, that's powerful. I talk to a lot of Christian doctors. It's like, there's a faith like, okay, God's using our field, but at the same time, he can do anything. And it's like, that is, that's just the coolest thing. That's the coolest thing. Uh, Pastor John, um, you're, you came here for the conference, and, and, and God has brought impartation and impartation. But he says, I'm bringing another, even in this moment where whew, 
when we talked about this shift tonight, there's a shift taking place in your city and even governmentally. And there's some kingdom people that God's going to put into place over the next several years that are going to rise up even from the house, that there's government anointing upon them. And there's a shift. What the shift is happening is taking place, and this is part of the impartation that you came for, is there's a shift of influence where maybe you were no, your name in the house was not known. The Lord says it's going to be known in the region. I don't know nothing about your church or anything like that. I know I've seen you. I think we're on Facebook. And I think you've we've, we've messaged back and forth, full disclosure. But I don't know any details. You just like, I think, could you come sometime? And I think you might be, I don't know, Texas, maybe, or Louisiana. I don't know, somewhere around there. But I, we haven't really, I'm just saying full disclosure for everybody. So I don't know too many details. I know you're a pastor. I, I recognize your face. But there's a shift of influence that God is giving in the region, in the city, in the area that God has given to the house. And it's going to come even through the people of the house. God's going to have you model a new wave of pastoring for this hour where the only way I can say it is like this. Back in the day, we used to say, here is the church, here is the steeple, open up the doors, and here's all the people. Now watch this. God says, I don't need my house to be, here's all the people. You're going to model a new model. But they're still joined to the same place. But now the spheres of influence are going to be reached through the people of the house. And so it's like a partnership, a pastoral partnership, where you're going to ordain and release people in the house into their spheres of ministry as evangelists and prophets and teachers and apostles in different areas. And you're going to, it's a model that God is giving you in this season. And so the shift of influence is going to come through that. And I see... One of the big areas is the business, but also in, in the government in that area. And, you know, I don't know how, I don't know all the details of how this even works or anything like that, but it's like, you will be in the mayor's office. You will be in the chamber of commerce. You will be in the meetings where council takes place, where the council, the council men, the council women come together. You will be a voice in the governmental arena in that area. You will have favor. You will have favor not only for a building, but buildings. You have favor whereby it's not even going to be something that you're going to have to like go and do a building fund for, but it's going to be opened up. What do you need? Oh, that's what you need. Oh, we got it over here. Here you go. And it's like things are going to be given to you. It's like Boaz when he was, he saw Ruth, he told his servants, you know, some, I love it in the message where in chapter two, verse 15, 16, somewhere around there, he says, you know, says throw out heaps on purpose and says, give her special treatment. The Lord says, where you are, I've placed you in that seat, in that area, not just a pastor of the church, but also as a spiritual governor in that region. And guess what? There's going to be heaps given to you on purpose. It's going to be released to you. And he says, give him special treatment. Special, if that's what favor is, favor is being released to the assignment that God has given you in that area. And so watch and see because things are going to shift very quickly. 
it's very, very quickly. It's going to be almost mind-blowing. You're already ready for it. So this is just like a huge confirmation of what God has already been doing. But he says now things shift. And you've seen little movements here and little things, little, little glimpses of what I'm talking about. But this thing's about to shift. And so your whole ministry mindset, everything is flipping upside down. The ministry model will be released. Here's the church. And here's all the steeples. <laughs> you don't even need to open the doors because there's all the people, says the Spirit of the Lord. And I want you to put your hands out because there was, there was, a, there was a certain statement that followed Joseph in every station that he walked in, from the pit to Potiphar's house to the prison to the palace. And you know, you preach that really well. But there was a statement that recurs, recurs, recurs. And everything he put his hand to do, he prospered. And so uh, the Spirit of the Lord comes to you tonight and says, everything you put your hand to do, you're going to prosper. And there's not going to be any lack. There's going to be a release of prosperity and resource and finance and money. And the Lord says, dream it. Begin to dream it. Because it's my dream, dream it. And I'm going to move. You you begin to think it, and it shall. You begin to speak it. It should just come. It's just going to come. It's going to come. It's going to be released. And what you thought was just a, a, a cave of a dullum, God's exploding it out. And he says, you're going to be the father of nations. And so I just see in your hands just the resources dropping now in Jesus' name. There it is. There it is. Is it? Oh my! Seventy seventy minutes till 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 midnight. The Waffle House is still open. <laughs> I got about a quarter left. Yeah, I'm more dry mouth than I realize. I've been drinking, but you come up to the hills and you have to drink more. That's one thing. That's one thing I'm praying for. I'll talk to my medical family. If I can call your family, you can receive that. Um, health. Health. <laughs> Not just healing. Health. God wants to bring his church into health. You know, and um, I'm trying to, you know, become a steward of that. You know, it's... Uh, it's part of the message we have to preach in this hour. You know. Yeah. Sorry, I just have side thoughts, but it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. What's your name, by the way? Alexis. Well, there's a... I talk about oil. There's a fresh oil that's being poured upon your head. When I said the scripture, I wasn't looking at you, but I can just feel it now. When I said the hope deferred makes the heart sick, you've had a lot, I mean, we could list a list, a long list of hopes deferred. Where it's like, almost like you shouldn't be here. Like, almost like there was an assignment of death against you. And from the inside and out, since you were two, 
And it's like, you're here. Yeah, but God. And it's like really cool to see you. But the enemy can't have his way. And and so you've had, yes, go ahead, yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, I was ready to hear. I was listening. I was listening. I was like, oh, you're standing. You're taking it. Because because you've taken enough, and you've been through you've been through that, and I, I just see even like, um, can I get really real? Okay, I've seen physical abuse, and can I can I be really real? Even sexual abuse, and and it's like um, verbal abuse in every form, and it's like it's just tried to belittle you. And take you out and take you down and make you give up but God yeah yes you you are what we call tonight an overcomer and and so here's what here's what I yeah the weary yeah yes yeah absolutely and that's you're a fighter This is your word tonight, if anyone. And the, what what I heard was that scripture in Ecclesiastes where it talks about your latter days are going to be greater than your former days. And so what I see is what Paul wrote in Romans, the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness. Here's what I see you're stepping into. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what you're stepping into. Their latter days are righteousness, peace, and joy. And so all that all that stuff that tried to pull you down and make you confused, depressed, whatever, you can put all the words with it, you're here. You are here. Please, you keep coming. We're doing this together here. We're just kind of... Yeah. There's, and there's, the shift is taking place now in it. Yes. And so what's going to happen to you is, this is going to blow your mind, but what's going to happen to you is that 
you're going to have a word of counsel for people and a word of wisdom. And it's wisdom. There's a, there's, there's a, a gift of wisdom that God gives people. But then there's also wisdom that you learn through experience. And you, you, God's going to use you to speak to ladies who've been through similar experiences because you can smell what they've gone through a mile away and be able to speak that word that is going to bring deliverance and freedom and hope and release joy again in their lives. And so you're a joy releaser. What's your name? Alexis. Alexis. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. Daniel. Yes. Yep. God is my judge. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is tag team prophecy right here. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. So Isaiah 55 is your is your portion. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. It, it ties to Romans chapter eight, where creation longs and groans and travails. And all of a sudden they're breaking forth with you and they're worshiping because guess what? The sons and daughters of God are coming forth. And so the daughter is being released. And what did they say? What did they say? This is horrible. Hear me roar. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Alexis Danielle Cooper, derivative of her name. Confirmation name means hope. The great one. The warrior. God is my judge, the black belt, my cup overflows, and hope and expectation. Wow, okay. I got that sermon right there. Wow. Uh, gentlemen in the in the in the tan, uh, in the, the, the cool booths and the yes, can you stand? What's your name, sir? Shannon. Um, just put your hands out like this. I want you to do that because he comes to you tonight with a gift. God comes to you tonight with a gift. And through your journey, you know, you know how to take care of, let me say it like this. You know how to take care of everybody around you. You're a caretaker. You want to make sure that everyone's taken care of. You have this justice, sense of justice, like everybody gets a portion. Nobody's left out. Nobody's left behind. And there's just something about you. It's like, yeah, you have to make sure that everybody has something. And so in that, there's this thing that you've developed where you give it all away, but you don't know how to receive for yourself because you want everyone else to have. So you forget about yourself. And God's like, I haven't forgot about you. I'm not going to leave you and I'm not going to forsake you. And I'm not going to disappoint you, but I'm going to meet you right where you're at, at your point of need, and I'm going to bring healing to you. I'm going to bring healing in your heart, in your mind, 
and in your body. And so there's a shift taking place internally. Just like the scripture says that you're going to prosper as your soul prospers. And so, you know, I mean, you look in the medical field, and you realize that a great percentage of people that come into the ER room, they think they're having a heart attack. They're thinking they're having this and it's anxiety. <laughs> and so they give them a benzo or something. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm being really blunt here tonight. When on the fact is, is that we actually have another answer, and that answer is Jesus for people. And I'm saying all that to say that God's shifting something inside of you internally. It's like this, like the old song, something on the inside, working on the outside. It's like God says, I'm healing you in here and in here because I'm going to heal you this the shell your body and so tonight i hear the spirit of the lord saying i'm bringing healing into the deep regions of your journey <laughs> where there was a wound that tried to break you that you carried kept to yourself as much as you possibly could self-protection and I put up a shell that wasn't really who you were but you had to and I get it because that's just the truth that's real that's the real but at the same time God's like I'm bringing healing back there because I want to do healing out here because oftentimes something manifests in the natural in our bodies that starts from the inside out. so god says i'm doing a healing from the inside out and i don't need to do it says the lord in phases i could just do it all in one shot at one time Whew. shanna you're powerful man the hand of the lord's upon you and there's an anointing on your life to help set people free. It's a breaker anointing. And you see people with God's eyes, with Father eyes. That's how you see people. You see people's hearts. You see their wounds. You feel them. You feel them. And because you feel them, you can touch them. And God gives you the words to be able to bring healing to others. And that's going to increase. Tonight's your night. That's why I asked you to open your arms like you got them because it's your night to receive i'm saying all this because i'm setting you up I'm just getting the, the the perspective the prophetic perspective flowing because of what god wants to do right now so let me get my oral <laughs> and we're going to pray for you i need agreement i need people to pray with me because there's some people praying for this man of god and believe in I don't even know what's going on with you and maybe I should ask because we got to name some things but um, I want to start from the inside and then we'll deal with the out all in one shot together here tonight we don't need another meeting we don't need another conference we can just pray and God can do the whole work tonight does that sound good all right so Lord I'm just gonna lay hands on you Lord I thank you for my brother Shannon 
I thank you, Lord God, that you go in and you bring healing in the depths of his heart. I thank you, Lord God, that you said that as we prosper, we're going to prosper as our soul prospers. And so, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, in the depths of his memory, his journey, where there's been pain, where there's been hurt. I thank you, Lord God, that you are going to the root and you're pulling it out now in Jesus' name. There it is. And you will no longer carry this. And then, I don't know, it, there's something going on with you physically? What's going on? Bladder tumor? Okay. All right, Dr. Jesus. You can, you can remove the bladder tumor. Whoa. Just put your hand on your, on, your, on, your, on your bladder here. Just put your hand on your bladder. Yeah. Yeah, it's just below your stomach there. Lord, I'm just going to put my hand on your hand. Lord, I thank you that you are the healer. And I thank you that you can remove tumors. You can cause them to shrink and dissolve and disappear. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that any word for cancer or anything like that, Lord God, we just say right now those words go down in Jesus' name. And we believe tonight, Lord, for this tumor to go away. We just exercise simple faith, the faith like bow. God, we pray in Jesus' name. Now, let it be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you. Bless you. I, I, I want to hear testimony. I'm going to stand and pray for you until I hear the testimony. Shannon. What's your last name? Shannon Rogers. Help me remember. Shannon Rogers. The testimony. Wow. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, there's healing. Healing. It's amazing because I would do these seminars and... <laughs> then I would go preach and I'm sitting there thinking, I know a treatment that might be good for you. But no, I'm right now here with Dr. Jesus. We're going to pray. Because <laughs> you're just, your mind kind of, you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, I don't, this, this might help you out. It might work. And, and, it, and it would. But at the same time, it's like, why don't we just save a whole lot of money and just go ahead and. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a funny world. It's a funny business for sure. Wow. Um, but my, my brother, what were you playing down here? Is it a djembe or a box or a cajon? Okay. Um, what's your name? Tyler. Um, first of all, that was a great job. That, I think the Acapulco worship was really, there's something in it. That was, that was, that was really powerful. And I'm glad we had that element because I just brought the rhythm and the flow and that, that baseline. Um, Tyler, I, I, I saw you sitting here. I think you were sitting over here too, but you moved over here. Um, and I saw you and I just see that, can I, I'm just going to come, come by you. What's your last name? Tyler James. Um, I seen you over here and then over here and I just, I just keep being how my prophetic kind of works. I kind of feel drawn to people and like, sometimes I just almost feel like a fire or a light on them. I don't know what it is, but it's like you are in a season where there's a lot of plans that you've made, a lot of things that you've done in your journey that have built up for now. And it's like you've, it's like, it's like Esther, where it's like, 
Mordecai says to her, you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. And the hand of the Lord is upon you for a few things. One, business. But the other one is, can I just be bold? Is ministry. There's a call of God on your life. And it's like phenomenal. Like when I'm talking about miracles and stuff, like there's miracles in your hands. And there's a sound that's in your voice. And it's a word that God would give you to a company of people who are discouraged, who are Gnostic, who are atheists, who are out there in so many ways. And there's this sphere of influence that God's going to give you where it might not be the traditional sense, but you're going to declare God's word to them. And they're going to listen because they respect you and you're consistent and you've been a friend. But at the same time, there's a new you coming. It's like Moses, he went 40 years back out into the wilderness, but he came back. He came back totally different. He came back as a deliverer. And it's like God's had you in the season where you've been like in that wilderness, but now he's bringing you back. And he's bringing you into a whole place where you're going to step in and you're going to bring freedom and deliverance to a whole lot of people. And so there is this ministry, maybe in a different definition or paradigm that we all think that God's going to use you in, but he's going to use you in it in this time frame. And then the other thing is this business thing that's on you. There are some ideas that you've had that you've been kind of sitting on. And I just hear the word, just go for it. He's already given you the relationships. He's given you the network, the people to be able to get some things done. Now just go for it. Just go for it and watch God before winds breathe on it. And I don't go around saying this because I'm just, that's just not my style, but I just see you as a kingdom investor. And that God is going to bless what you do and the fruit of your hands and these things so that you can invest into the kingdom because it's going to be about souls. It's going to be about God building his church to be able to get souls. <laughs> it's about eternity. And, and so God's going to direct you in the right directions where to place the seed. But I just see God doing, breathing upon it and doing it not slowly, but quickly. And I'm not saying overnight. I don't know what the quickly means. I'm just here quickly. I hear I quickly that God's going to move quickly on it. And it's going to be a phenomenal thing. Um, God's going to give you the desires of your heart. There's like a list of like one, two, three, four, five things that I see that are on your prayer list, on your goal list. I don't know what you want to call it, your vision board kind of thing. And it's like one, two, three, four, five very big things in your life. And I just see the Lord partnering with you. It's like Gideon the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. They could have just said the sword of the Lord. But he said, no, I want, a, I want a divine human partnership in the earth. So the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So it's the sword of the Lord and of Tyler. And God's going to, you're going to partner with him. And it's going to be a phenomenal journey that you're stepping into. So I just, man, it's good to meet you, bro. Good to meet you. Tyler James, right? Um, good to meet you. Good to meet you. Don't ask me your name after because I don't remember. I'm, I'm blonde and the blonde is real, but, um, you know, I hope that, that, that settles with you, with, with you for sure. So, um, is there anything else you want me to? Sure.
Hi, everybody online. I didn't realize that. I would have said that. No, it's fine. And there might be more. There might be more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you have a 14-year-old son. You know, I was in, again, I was back in San Angelo, in Texas, and one of the words that came forth, not from me, but from another prophet, was that God's going to do creative miracles in this hour. And we think of creative miracles as growing a limb or something else, but the word was like that God was going to begin to touch, you know, different conditions like autism, different um, even mental health issues like ADHD and bipolar. And you go down the line, there's so many other things, but God's going to do creative miracles in those areas. And medical science has done a lot, you know, with it, but in some of those things, but not a lot in others. And autism 